Hello and welcome to episode 349 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and again this week by a returning Brad Martin. It is our last week before the serious business commences and the Premier League returns. So we're maximising our freedom this week to do the loosest draft yet. This week we'll be drawing letters from the alphabet and choosing a player whose surname corresponds with it. The only real parameters are that the player must have been playing during our lifetime and any league is on the board. We will again be rolling in a snake format. That doesn't mean that Brad will be going first. I'll reveal the randomly generated order in a moment, but we do have some news to get into first. How is everyone doing today? I'm good. Uh, Brad's probably just a bit offended at the shot taken. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I'll to- try and give you a little hand on uh, your podcast and get shots fired at me in the first... <laughs> It's to make you feel, you know, ingratiated into it. And they used it on TK before, so if I recycle it with TK again, it just feels a bit... Cheap. Exactly. News of the week. Now, Arsenal are reportedly the most likely destination for David Raya this summer. TK, between 30 and 40 million, is this a worthwhile investment for Mikel Arteta? I had not realised that was the price. Okay. Well, they they quoted Spurs 40. Yeah. They said, no, thank you. We'll go somewhere else. And Thomas Frank spoke yesterday and essentially said, look, I think if you look at the other prices this summer, 40 is fair, but I'm also aware it's not me doing the investigating. So we have our price, they have their price. And what happens is we meet somewhere in the middle. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That feels like a commitment for that sort of price. I, I'm all for competition for places, but I don't know if that's Arsenal's most urgent need. No, they say... Our first bid is going to be 15 to 20 and we'll we'll go from there. Interesting. It's it's a strange one for me. It feels like the only position on the pitch where you almost think when competition for places does come up, it, it never ends well. You can, you can have one season, really. They're a bit precious, works. aren't they? Goalkeepers. Well, we gave Ramsdale... You get someone in, like, oh, someone else might play my position. It's like, oh yeah, no one else knows what that feels like. We Every did. other outfield player has to deal with this, but you don't. We gave him a new contract less than 75 days ago. You declared him the third best goalkeeper, maybe second best in the league. What? I, so, I, thought, I thought he was the best keeper in the league, <laughs> so, No, I've been... Might have to change that to David Ryan across Yarvish. I said Alisson was probably the best ever after Jans Lehmann. So I'm all for being objective. There's a couple of things. David Raya was the first keeper that Arteta wanted to replace Bern Leno. He was at Brentford then. They were in the championship coming up, I believe. And we were quoted what we felt was too much. Looked somewhere else, got Ramsdale. He's been very good. He's been at the end of the season. Obviously there was some issues. There was the Southampton pass. But then what, a game prior or or a game later is when he has that insane day against Liverpool. So Raya isn't uh, an an error-free keeper. He's in the exact same mould as Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale's better. I, I do think maybe competition could be good for someone like him who has a been unserious personality is harsh, but he's certainly in that that kind of a category the price is the weird thing and also I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans going nuts for these percentages of like uh, long ball completion pass completion half a season ago we were saying that any deficiencies Ramsdale had were made up for by his ability with the ball 
at his feet. So the way it switched very quickly, and I would say that where maybe the eye test comes into play, the stats are very good for David Raya for, for long kicks. He does also have Ivan Tony winning them, which is sure to boost your percentage Useful. very much. And so I have to think it's going to drop when you come to Arsenal. When you're putting up to Kai Havertz. Yes. Well, <laughs> well you see, see the one against Barcelona the other day where Ramsdale's kicked it long. You haven't necessarily won the first ball, but you've then picked up the second ball and Trossard's gone on to score. And you're thinking, those percentages... On the start, that's going to be start, like a missed pass. Yeah, it's, or it? yeah. yeah. it's still working for him. So, so in, in, in pre-season, he had a couple of games like this last year. I think you spoke about it before. He, he just kicked like four or five out of play in a row. And he did this in a Premier League game. I can't think which one it was, but we couldn't maintain any pressure because he kept picking the ball out of play. And it may have been in quite a big game as well, to be honest. I think the, the flaws of Ramsdale are there to see. I also think there isn't really a keeper that doesn't have those. Even Alisson, we've spoken on here before we signed Ramsdale about, you kind of got to take the three, four times it happens a season and hope you're three up at the time. He legit forgets how to kick a ball for games at a time, Alisson. And but it does seem to be between games can, that he does it. Yeah, well. yeah. At least it's but just he, games at a time rather than De Gea just he, never knowing how to kick a ball. Yeah. <laughs> It's one I find it hard to imagine it happening, but also obviously there's something in there. It looks like Forrest wanted Dean Henderson. United have been saying we want thirty plus million, and they've been saying eh, we kind of did our spending last window. And I said to Connor at the time, the news broke that they wanted Alanga and Henderson from United, and they said we'll pay for one and we'll loan the other. And I said I think. The money, getting the money for Alanga, despite it being less, is the right move because the money for Henderson is still going to be there a year later, an English keeper where we've seen more from him. Seems now maybe United are saying, well, we ain't going to loan him. Matt Turner, would you have put Matt Turner and Dean Henderson in the same mix? I haven't um, seen enough of Matt Turner. Yeah, prob- I, I probably he, wouldn't. But, he's billed yeah. as shot stopper. He doesn't do much with the ball at his feet. If I was buying him to be my first choice keeper just want to see more of him is, is the thing if you end up getting a uh, Danny Ward you're going to end up in a lot of trouble I, so he, he has played football I guess is part of it for for the USA and I understand what, what we're talking about here he frequently looks like the best player on their team one because they love a goalkeeper well and the fact that they're peppered more than they're not yeah. so he he's very busy he doesn't have to do the passing out and all of this stuff and then the games he's played, I think he had one howler in the Europa League where he went out to claim it. Someone decided just not to head it. I think it may have been Kivior on his debut. How much are you going to sell, sell him for? Though? They reckon 15. So we paid about seven and a half. It depends. If you think he's even close to Henderson, then you might want to take a punt rather than cough up the money for Henderson. It's just... Yeah, so that's Forrest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From that point of view, it's just whether... You want to go for someone you think, right, I think I know what I'm getting from Henderson. Turner is still a, a bit of a chance in terms of he's going to be my first choice keeper and I don't want to be in a relegation fight, which presumably is the aim for them. I don't know what they thought of his personality there because I'm sure he's not as bad as has been built. I think he's probably just had some bad interviews, is not he? So the thing that set a lot of people off was, I mean, they were in a relegation dogfight all season. I believe there were multiple goals down 
he saved a penalty and he ran into the crowd celebrating. <laughs> Can you remember? It was, yeah, I think it was, yeah. And then McCarlison yeah. scored after, didn't he? Yeah. And I think, again. and I think people were pretty pissed off by that. Help your image, son. <laughs> and so Matt Turner, by all accounts, does seem to be one of the nicest blokes I think I've ever seen do an interview. Like, when I was getting the goalkeeper shirt this year because of how horrendous some of our other kits are, it was a debate. Do I pay tribute to Matt freaking Turner? That would be nice if you could do this that. This is the kind of guy we've got here. You've you got Jorginho on a shirt, so... You yeah, also Matt, think that was, Matt freaking that, Turner. That was my bag before uh, before we got so many likeable players. I used to get the guy that no one else is going to have on their kit. Hence, I've got Joe Campbell. Became, it was a lot easier at one point. Rob, <laughs> Rob Holding. Went through the whole squad, wow. I found uh, my Maitland-Niles kit the other day, actually. It's not, that, oh, you, by, the, by the way, that you're saying because of how bad some of your other kits are, you did get the disgusting away kit still. Oh yeah, yes. but, uh, at the time at, there was a there was a point where I was saying I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> you shouldn't have. I think there's got to be some sort of protest at that shirt. Yeah, well, because when I've told people I have it, they say, "Is it like uh, you think it's going to age well, and so it's going to be in demand later on?" And I was like, "Well, not really, no, <laughs> no." <laughs> just, just figured. Well, I've got I've got all the others, so it's not even like so bad. It's funny. It's just oh. Yeah, I, I just feel a bit ill looking at it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I then, hate the United long sleeve away shirt. The away shirt on its own, I think actually looks all right. Yeah, yeah. But the long sleeve version just looks Yeah, spawn. Well, I saw you yeah. tweet about that. And I said, yeah, I actually think that's a really nice shirt, but the long sleeve just looks horrible. I think it's one of I the I think it's Luke Shaw modelling it. It wasn't helping it. <laughs> what? Stretching it, wasn't it, a little bit? They had the, uh, their centre-back doing the kids' kit. For God's sake. <laughs> David Ryan's not a tall keeper, mind. There's something there. Uh, Something to consider there. I'm sure you can find a way around it. Found it for Timber. Fullback. You can have, have short fullbacks. Is there anything that needs to be considered, and this is the last thing on this, that Ramsdale seems to be a pretty popular member of the team. We've got a lot of English players now. I think they'd all rather win a league than their mate being goal. Hmm. So if Arteta thinks that's the difference, then fairs. But I, it feels a risk. If you alienate him, it is, yeah. Yeah, you are right. Um, and as much as he's been a good sub-keeper for England, that's a different story because he's never had the shirt. You're taking it away from him now. Do you think that's a different dynamic? How's, how's he going to react to it as well? Like All this news about them even being interested in a keeper, yeah. it's one of those that you should probably keep under wraps for as long as you can. Because if you don't get him, yeah, if you don't get him now, to and then get someone. Ramsdale's thinking, hang on a minute, do you want to try and... The old Celtics Jalen Brown move. Try and get someone every summer. Don't get it. You'd expect him not to be pissed There's off. There's not much you can keep from Orny. No, that man gets where Water Fabrizio doesn't. getting Twitter community noted for his here we go Vardy old tweet. Underneath it says, correction, a deal hasn't been agreed. <laughs> In fairness to him. And he has not taken any part of the medical as well, yeah. I thought I thought that signing and Dean Henderson were already done. So <laughs> it's all news to me. We'll, we'll move on to one that maybe you have uh, your finger on the pulse for a bit more. Liverpool seems to be the front runners for Romeo Lavia's signature. What are your thoughts as things stand? So what's the hold up with him and the Fabinho outgoing one? Did you see the update today that wasn't really an update? No, again, it's just 45 million bid prepared since Sunday. They'll send it soon. You're like, oh, no rush, lads. <laughs> but yeah, you don't mind that. But then with every story, they're like, Liverpool are keen to get this done. I'd maybe, I don't know, speed it up then, lads. Something Rather than just going, we really want to do this. What's the bid then? Go on. We, we spoke about it at the time and I think we maybe thought 
Henderson might get held back because Fabinho was going to go for more money. I saw your midfield options the other day, even with Lavia <laughs> in there. It's a bit thin, and, isn't it? Well, I didn't know if I was just being harsh because no doubt the players are talented. The only one that I can't really get on board with is Harvey Elliott, who may well prove me wrong. It still feels like if Lavia gets injured, then who are we putting in there to bulk things up? Because I, who in there is even putting a, t- putting a foot in? you got Curtis Jones in there. <laughs> Pachetic, I guess. Pachetic is there. Pachetic and yeah. Lavia, that feels I wouldn't say right. bulking it up, but he'll put a foot in. Because you can kind of get away with that. If you took out uh, some of the context of what your season's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, look, we had this off-season last season. We're going to remind everyone who we are this year. If you just finished eighth and it was, we're going to give the Europa League a good go and just see what happens this season, kind of what we did two seasons ago. You can look at the midfield and say, well, one of them is going to get all the game time they need and hopefully next season when we want a challenge, it's all paid off. You're kind of stuck in the middle where you're going to give the Europa League a good go, but people are also tipping you to be the closest challenger to Man City. So it, I don't know where we are and if Lavia is then enough or if he's the right guy. Yeah, obviously he's young as well still. Obviously had a season at Southampton is the only thing ready to go on. You know I'm pretty hot on the signing. I've been pretty consistent on that. Um, but you are right in terms of it's a bit thin in there still. I think I don't really have a huge problem if he, him and Bajetic are the two options at six. I don't really have a huge problem with that because how many are you going to bring in uh, but I would have questioned I'm sure we'll get on a little bit more in the preseason pod next week I would have expected a signing that was more in the the mould of a Klopp midfielder like Wijnaldum or Henderson if, if you've got these guys going out so that's why as much as at the time I was like I don't really know much about the guy so I'm not going to get as excited as some of you are online but someone like Taram looked like it made some level of sense. He looked yeah. more like McAllister. You have, you have got McAllister as well, but is he not in uh, that mode? But if, you, if you're going to put him and uh, Zabozlai in, uh, I do think you've got two guys there who are happy to muck in and press and whatever. And we've seen a bit of that in pre-season. But at the same time, they're still attacking midfielders who want to get on the ball and create a score. Yeah, McAllister if, has played a little bit deeper for Brighton the last sure, couple of seasons, hasn't but he? But it's a guy that is a creative player who will muck in rather than someone like Wijnaldum or Hendo which is their sort of primary Team, goal yeah, yeah. and I'm if they do anything up, it's, it's nice yeah. so the only uh, the only reason I question that is it will be a lot of fun to watch with this midfield it would just be the midfield that brought a success under Klopp was just an engine wasn't it, it was Fabinho Wijnaldum Hendo something no, that works yeah just f- some dogs in there who can play a little bit well, because this we, would be the opposite of that we said in, in that circumstance it was Caicedo or someone along those lines mm. that would have been helping alongside McAllister in this circumstance, it's Trent tucking tucking in alongside you, which isn't the meat that Fabinho needed. No, no, and then and as much as it looked like there was something coming at that at the end of the last season, there was a fair bit of well, we couldn't get much worse than we were for a period of time. Same with Fabinho. It was now that he's going, the amount of fans online that's all like, well, he was sound again for the last ten games. No, he was just slightly less atrocious. Some, something that. I won't be the first person to point out either. Declan Rice did an interview a couple of weeks back and he said, look, as much as I was playing a defensive midfield for West Ham, I'm, it's essentially a completely new position for me that I'm going to be playing at Arsenal. If you're sticking with this system, which it does appear you are going to be with the signings you've done, that's a whole new system for Lavia to learn. And we're talking 
Thomas Partey is the example who was top three defensive midfielder in the league last season. I think on his best day, top one. It took him a season and a half to learn that position. And you're going to be asking a 23-year-old to learn it with less stability alongside him. You need the preseason really is where Havertz may work, Havertz may not work. I know the way most people think it's going to be. You do. The sense we had was get him in for the first week of preseason and they've got four or five games playing together. And at least by the time we get there, Arteta can say, maybe I don't want to risk that for the first three, five, ten games of the season. And he can come on and he can work on it in cup games and training and so on. You're going to be chucking this guy into the fire. And the odd thing with us is if we do get him, Presumably, that means he's been a long-term target, right? Because we've been living with forever. <laughs> so why why haven't we done this? The whole thing of, uh, at one point in time, it was, well, we're not going to do that until we get someone out. And the feeling at that point, still a long time ago now, was that Thiago would be the guy, right? And then the bids came in from Saudi for Hendo and then for Fabinho, and that's going to facilitate it. But again, if you know there's bids are in place, then hurry up and do your end. It's, it's a weird one. I know we've spoken before about, you know, if you get clop in a room and so on. Do you think maybe the holdup was we were interested in him? The way you have been at the moment, it was a far more stable environment to be coming into with us. He was going to, we assume, take over from parties minutes and he was going to muck in there with Declan Rice. Do you reckon that was the thing? Maybe we offered him more money. Maybe we got in there first. You looked at other targets because you were in with uh, um, Kone at the time was the one you were being linked with. Maybe he wasn't the original target and you've lost some more athleticism or you've lost a certain characteristic that Klopp says, oh, I actually need to replace that more and he offers it more than this guy did. It's odd. It's it's odd to me that the whole holdup, because some of the explanations have been they were worried that Arsenal and Chelsea might be around. It's like, well, that would make me go quicker okay. and go, we're going to go all in to try and get you. If we don't, okay, then you go to the next guy. But instead of just kind of hanging around, we seem to be thinking if we hang around Southampton all over the price, and that's not really how things work. It's kind of, you I think they set their stall out so much with that around 50 million mark. You it. almost need Lavia to come out and say, I want to join Liverpool. Because then it kind of forces Southampton's arm and Liverpool's arm into making a decision. Um, if he says that, I think Chelsea fans have been saying it about Saicedo. He just needs to come out and well, his say something, isn't there? His one definitely because um, of how much he's dragging on. But if, if Lavia does want to go to Liverpool, come out and say it because then mm. Southampton and Liverpool have got to make a decision there. Mm. Um, so it's up to him. He's got. To, I think that's he's got to try and own it as well. If you advised him, though, you would say, "Don't do that," because he'd rather be at Chelsea than Southampton. So don't burn any bridges. You yeah, let the people almost, that do the business. You almost need the initial bid. To say, yes, now I want to go. Yeah. Because Caicedo has yeah. kept, kept uh, everything clear as well. Like, he was begging for us in January, didn't get the move. And then, while the Declan Rice thing was going on, very wisely didn't commit to any club. Now, Chelsea seem to be doing a thing that all our clubs have done previously where they've named a price and they say, but how about... And he goes, no, no, this is the price we want. And they keep going and keep going. Brighton are so good at that. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst, thing, their price. the worst thing they could have done is let the market be set with the Declan Rice deal because... Yeah, 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 exactly. Now that's happened. And again, they're wedded to a price as well, aren't they now? So well, they just signed um, Brighton's replacement for Saicedo, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> I said to TK about this. Said like, yeah. that's, the way to, that's the way to do it. Spite them just before you try and sign their best player. Yeah, so, I do. I I love the Lavia sign if we can do it, but I do agree with you that ultimately throwing him into an entirely new system and also 
a group of players that haven't played together, it's basically a reformed midfield. That is tough. But I do back him to pull it off because I think is your he's, he's a special talent. Are you not talent. playing 4 3 So they're doing the, yeah, essentially what we but, do to a different... It's like a tweak to it. So you play... So Trent goes as the... So then Trent's yeah. going to be, yeah, coming into midfield kind of alongside Lavia. And he comes kind of, across as like a right centre half. Yeah, so. and then Robertson, I guess, fills in as... Like left rather than, yeah. Which, fans online are going spare about saying we need a left centre, left centre um, half. It was like, you just, let's focus on getting another midfield first <laughs> and then we'll think about what we can do after that, right, shall we? Yeah. These fans that simultaneously moan about our lack of spending in terms of like being named for the big names and stuff like that, but then expect us still to make them it's like well how many times does a club sort of have to show you how they work before you go this is how they work they're not yeah. you know, why aren't we spending 80 on Colwell because <laughs> we're not going to do that <laughs> it isn't going to happen the way the McAllister deal and the Sabozalai deals were done does suggest that maybe Lavia wasn't as dead set as the others were or maybe they were just easier deals to do One, two, they both release clauses I guess I think yeah in, in both cases I think the club's hand was almost forced by the dates of the release clause and stuff as well, which uh, would have been helpful if Lavia had that as well, just to get the club moving a bit. Yeah. Um, Rasmus Hoyland has uh, emerged from the shadows and is set to move to United for a fee that could total 85 million euros. Brad, it's... <laughs> 73 it's, million pounds, Byron, will have. It's, well, again, on this occasion, I don't know if 73 million pounds sounds better. Well, like, some of them, I can see pounds sounds better than euros. I don't know if this does. Four plus nine, isn't it, I think? It's... Is, uh, it's the deal. It's another summer where United are refusing to overspend on transfers. So what do you <laughs> make out. what do you make of the move? To be honest, I've not seen enough of Hoyland to be putting out that Neither's I'm, the club, but they've got the money. <laughs> I'm really confident in what he's gonna provide. You said I he mean, was the best Scandinavian striker in the league just before we came on. <laughs> he is. I, I'm all in. Uh, no, I, yeah, I haven't seen enough of him. He's obviously quick. We can see that by the stats. I mean that's one of the stats you can take as being red. Um, does look strong, does look quite powerful. Um, seems to be able to finish off both feet and he's got good movement in the box. So it's a good one for us because we haven't really got that number nine um, at the moment. Obviously, Martial's always injured. Um, and other than that, that's, Rashford's much better from the left. He obviously thinks he's going to end up in the middle eventually, but... I'm not really... He's, what, 24, 25 now? You could yeah. quite easily have the Theo Walcott there, where he just spends all these years saying he's going to play for the middle, and next thing you know, he's 30 and been playing yeah. off the, the interesting side the whole time. When Martinelli came at him, it was like, I I prefer playing wide, and just nipped it in the bud, whereas other players, they quite like the beer of the nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Rashford just... It just suits him better, because yeah, yeah. he can make those runs from the outside, inside fullbacks, and he's so much better at that. I Although I've never really seen him put like a really decent cross in I, I <laughs> he's better attacking the goal rather than being mm. the wide man if you get the right guy in the middle with him I've always thought that would be interesting but you never consistently have have you because no, like you said an injury for or a little bit wrong. Yeah. probably the best and then he had. decided I can't be asked yeah. for this anymore yeah. I want to go home well he took his number to give it to uh, Ronaldo didn't yeah. he yeah. I said to TK on Saturday and this may be a kiss of death which I, I hope it is <laughs> at 6 foot 3 and fast there's only so bad this can go in the Premier League. I did come away thinking about Darwin after you said that. <laughs> well, hey, we're doing next He's week. He's born in a pre-season though. <laughs> next, next week, everyone has got to do their prediction of the player that's going to uh, surprise people. And I was all in on Darwin until I saw back that pass he tried to do to Salah from like three yards out again. And I thought, 
<laughs> Maybe this guy is just, he's just got some of the wrong upstairs. What do you reckon then? What was Darwin? 85 million euros? Yeah. Same price, roughly? Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll judge him on whether he scores more than nine goals this season. Is there anything to 15 take all from cops. nine in the Premier League? <laughs> <laughs> the money's changed now, but is there any comparison to be made to the Martial signing? Because that was effectively, you said, we're going to overspend now because this young guy has the potential and we're just going to go all in with him. Yeah, we're absolutely buying potential. If we were buying someone that we thought would get us 30 goals this season, I don't have any doubt that we probably would have spent an extra 30, 40 million trying to get Kane. Trying, trying to get Kane. It feels like you may be bringing another striker back by uh, what the papers are saying. Who? Greenwood. Yeah. Oh. United have rejected a bit of 20 million from West Ham for Harry Maguire. Thoughts? 20 million feels a little bit light to me, personally. <laughs> the tricky thing for United fans is, they've been the number one slagging it. <laughs> and they're like, well, come on, let's have some respect, please. Let's have some bit more money yeah, for this guy. This is the England international we're talking about. I mean, I just, even though I have been slating him, I still think 20 million is light for I think, 30, I think 30 million is fair around for everybody. Yeah, I that's, I probably, completely agree with that. I even if it was 25 fair. with 5 million additions for, I don't know, Appearances, appearances or something like that but I, I think for a team like West Ham that play the majority of their games quite deep he's good at defending this box that's one of the best things and that's what he's good at international football because you naturally let the other team have the ball you play a little bit deeper you defend your own box and I think he'd be perfect in Italy but no one in Italy is going to obviously come in for him because they can't afford him can um, I just you in a loan move <laughs> yeah well I mean look at Smalling like couldn't really play football that well. I went over to Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoyland took, said he was the best centre-half he's played against. So. Some of the Smalling and Johnny Evans revisionism from United fans, like, we should never have let them go. We should never have let them go. I, I don't mind the Smalling leaving. I'm glad he's had a good career at Roma because I always thought that he was a good defender. But on the ball, it's like Wan-Bissaka. They're both dreadful. <laughs> but the goal that we conceded last night for... To lose the game. Wan-Bissaka is just trying to play on a loose pass in between like three players. And I was just thinking, no other right back in the league. I don't like that Onana's been a bully there. Several times, there's about five defenders that he could dig out. (laughs) How about Luke Shaw, by the way? That pre-season Timbers holding him back as as Mukoko runs off him to tap it in. I haven't watched the whole game. (laughs) And he's charging at Maguire. It's, It's like showing off to make friends, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to get Leecher in his pocket again. Pick on the uh, pick on the least popular kid in the class. He's been looking at worked. Twitter. Yeah. Maguire out, Maguire out, Maguire out. Right, this guy. Yeah, I, I know. I'll get people on board. I did think the uh, the media were a bit mischievous with that as well, though. Making uh, literally a headline of Onana shouts at Maguire. It's like keep a shout at the defenders literally every game. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the draft. TK, you're doing the. Uh, Got the word there. Honours is that the honours there? I was going to say duties. the The order: TK's first, Brad second, I'm third. If anyone has any issues, blame wheelofnames.com. <laughs> Shout out them <laughs> sponsoring the pod. I'm still waiting for that sponsorship after uh, James Pantry fell through. So uh, if they want to get on board. Still don't hear that noise at any time when we're doing this. Wheel of Names actually gave us a winner to the Gold Cup one year, but Scott didn't back it for us. So, (laughs) Manella in He owes us that. All right, we'll see how this uh, goes. Once again, the only parameters, the player has to have played during our lifetimes. So that's 
93 ish. What have we got first, TK? This is the most nervous I've been from these drafts, I've got to tell you. <laughs> We've got S to kick us off. Okay. Nice. I think that's a friendly start. That's nice. I like that. Brad's brought his laptop, so we really have it's got business time. I can see him. I can see him looking at my screen as well. I can't see your screen. TK, mm. uh, who are you taking first? That's a great question. Do I go something a bit more sensible here? Or do I get a bit excited? I feel like S is... Uh, there's letters where you can be a bit abstract. S feels like get your main men in. Yeah, yeah, no fucking around. As I see with uh, Michel Salgado back on my board again. He is on my board as well. That's <laughs> When I said, should I be sensible? I was like, should I just get my right back sorted and just work from there? Um, oh, for nostalgia purposes, there is a player I'd quite like to go with, but I'm going to go with Suarez. I'm going to... Uh, okay. I know, I know who you were, who you were looking at. Is that right? I'm pretty I'm sure, like, and I'll tell you in uh, just a moment when maybe after. I pick him. Um, you look very happy with yourself. Go on, Brad. As a United fan, it would be unfair not to put this guy in. So I'll uh, I'll take Paul Scholes in the centre of the park for me. Not Ollie. No. Damn shame. Should have. Well, Teddy. You can put you can put Solskjaer on a bench for your draft team. Yeah. There's no bench, but Just he's still somehow a sub. And my assumption is, TK, that you were thinking of bringing in Shevchenko. No, no, but he was he was on the list, but that wasn't the first wasn't top of it. Okay, well, I'm going to take Shevchenko. Taking Sheva. You're taking Chevy over Shearer. Yeah, well, we kind of we've had some of these conversations with the previous draft, so we were being a bit uh, exotic. What, what was the mischievous look on your face about me taking Shevchenko? What you? Uh, no, just I thought I, I thought I'd predicted right. There's some others. Um, Clarence Sadorf was the one I was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. He, uh, shall I say some of the ones that were still on the board, and then we'll talk about our Go picks. On. If you want to keep us, I've got Mark Schwartz that we got from the last draft. <laughs> you keep Schwartz a stun over there. David Seaman. Sir Chesney. Not taking Chesney. I thought Brad might take uh, Mr. Belly full of chocolate himself, Luke Shaw. <laughs> TK's had uh, been partial to it, Bakary Sanya previously. The fullback that I keep banging the drum for, Willie Sanyol, was on my board. He was a player for a bit. Tiago Silva. Brad could have taken Chris Smalling. A name I'd not seen in a while. Javier Saviola, no. I was watching highlights no. for earlier. Now, this is trippy because I randomly looked up his wiki. Yeah, I, I was watching, last week at some point. I was watching Not, nothing to do with this, so I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I was watching some bangers on my, uh, on my lunch. He break. was always amazing on FM as well, useful. And then, I don't know, she looked at his like, career, you're like, just didn't really settle kind anyway. of anywhere, really. So, Wesley Schneider, that phase where he kept getting linked to Spurs. And that that was odd, yeah, yeah. Not long after the uh, the inter year, it was going to go somewhere for stupid money, wasn't he? And then just didn't really happen. Is it is it year two thousand and eight where he's popping? Same time our Shavin is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Game. Yeah, because around that point there was a bit of a for Holland like a him or Van der Vaart sort of thing, wasn't it? And he kind of separate. And our Shavin dumps them year. out in extra time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that Russian team was. Uh, 
I don't know, how can you say it? Suspiciously <laughs> athletic and good in that tournament. I don't know what? with what happened later. I wouldn't, in fairness to him, wouldn't call Ashavan uh, suspiciously athletic. I was going to say, as good as words, he was. A word you wouldn't use to describe him. Um, Who was the striker in the latest World Cup for them? Dizuba? Yeah, that's it. It was just like the distances he was covering was like, this is not. The 2018 World Cup when yeah. they were just like all over the gaff, like the final minute of the game and they're sprinting. Like, yeah. Hang I, on. I, I was running prop for um, Golovin at the time. Yeah. He, yeah. he was linked to us and he ends up at Monaco in that, when they had the unreal black Kappa kit, actually, the pure black one. I got it with uh, Fabregas on the back. Did not know that Kappa, you know, there's Puma ones that Arsenal had that were like skin tight. tight. The Kappa ones were like another level. You obviously just didn't see any spur shirts in this time period. Robbie Keane was basically on a skin tight well, so they painted do, on shirt. They do the, the player issue ones and I thought the regular ones and I've got the uh, Maradona centenary shirt from after he died and Napoli did about 19 more of them afterwards. We thought we'll make a bit of money out of this. I've got that in a double XL and it is still and I felt horrible about myself continental I, sizes dude don't feel bad well I spoke to Langston who bought it in his size as well and he was like no I can't wear it either because it's not that's decoration is. at this point now then we've, uh, we've bought kits from Joma this season and they are tight <laughs> and that XL is not helping me at all is it the kits is it Brad that's yeah. what we're going with you're not a <laughs> fancy a piece of Dejan Stankovic that Franca that Frank Bastian Schweinsteiger should have taken him did consider him I've got a got a lot of German players in here and I'll tell you what that that United spell actually I think really does harm Schweinsteiger's legacy a bit in terms of how I remember him he was he, a fucking player should have taken yeah and yeah I just kind of remember him at United just basically struggling to run yeah, he, he was on the pitch looking helpless and Brad may remember this game or he may have wiped it from his memory we had a couple of games like this in Wenger's later years where we just blitzed teams and we went 3-0 up against United in like 18 minutes and all Arsenal fans were like, we're going to get our lick back for the 8-2. <laughs> and we didn't. It ends 3-0, I'm pretty sure. Maybe in 3-1, I think Rooney may pull one back. But Schweinsteiger is just like Wasn't trudging. Wasn't it like in the field of like Schweinsteiger, Schneidlin and Fellaini? It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that didn't work out. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Because <laughs> Fellaini was perfect in that sense if you could play your game to bully teams whereas with Alexis and Ertzil and those tricky players we had we basically just said we're just going to go around you and just take you out of the game and he just could do nothing other than try and push people about and all that did once we're 3-0 up is slow the game down and keep things ticking on Fellaini one still annoys me so much because he was so good as like a like a nine for Everton for years we bought him like right. You just play in the six. Right? You just try and get <laughs> you on the ball. Try and play a bit. No, he he was never good at that, really. Especially as they they literally made that discovery. They bought him as a holding midfielder and realised actually we'll just lump it up to you on top. Yeah. That's going to work a lot better actually. And then you decided to uh, make the same mistake. To with, reverse it back. <laughs> yeah, having also spent four million pound more than you needed to on him in the summer because you didn't do the meet the release clause, which Moyes obviously knew about, having been his manager a matter of months before. I Horrible can't window. really get my head around why you would buy a forward just to play them as a midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> These maverick uh, clubs, though. So, TK, you bringing in Suarez, did that take much thought or was it... Uh, because he was who I was going to take. Yeah, yeah. It's um, If I didn't take him, it would only be because he's, I guess, moderately more recent. So I would have been going, I want someone 
even more nostalgic than that, which Seedorf kind of felt like that sort of player whereby we obviously watched him in our lifetime was great, but he's kind of had a career before even we would properly be remembering for him. It was unbelievable. If you look at obviously his clubs he's been at, to be honest, if you watch him during like a soccer aid game, <laughs> you remember thinking like, oh shit, Seedorf's actually still got it. He's the only player I thought actually could probably still play in one of these games. Just looks watch. like a proper not, tank. Not watch ever well. in the latest one. <laughs> I don't. I, he did an interview. Recent, he did an interview recently where he spoke about having offers on the table from Arsenal United, and United. Yeah. I think it's when he's leaving Madrid. I'm gonna say, and he basically says, "Any other time in my career, I would have taken it." And he's done another one where he spoke about joining Arsenal before, but he says. Well, I had the opportunity to go and play with R9 at Inter and you can't really pass that up. Yeah. So, yeah. Probably fair. It's fair, isn't it? I think, to be honest, we probably all would have taken Suarez if we had first pick on. You'd have taken Suarez over Skulls. You can't you can't say that out loud. You've got to uh, back your boys when you do it. I was getting burnt. I'm backing, I'm backing Skulls, but... <laughs> as, long as, he's, as long as I get second pick. He says, yeah. Well, yeah, I, get I, mean, second, I get second pick every time. So. Suarez is no, yeah, no brainer, obviously, for me, but I guess from what you've said, it's... That's probably uh, pretty unanimous then. Yeah, like the the Knicks saying they were always going to take RJ Barrett when <laughs> John Morant and Zion were on the board. You got to just you got to stand by it. I'll stand by Skulls. I'm more than happy with Skulls as my uh, anchor in midfield. Shevchenko, I've been quite upfront with on this podcast before about that Milan team. The guy that I always loved of of the two is uh, Inzaghi. Just I, feels I, very on brand for you. Yeah, I, I like the the sheer front of it I like that you can have a career like that where your goal compilation at the end of it can just look like you're watching the same goal on repeat and obviously as we've seen with other strikers through the years it's not easy like that is a a certain skill skill to it and Shevchenko really the thing that caught me by surprise watching the Istanbul game back was I'd been conditioned from his Chelsea years to just see him as this slow, trudging guy. And seeing the pace he had and seeing the way he was frightening Liverpool centre-backs in that game, especially in that first half, really caught me by surprise and sent me down a kind of Shevchenko wormhole. And there's a man who is, for having that speed, just an elegant footballer. And that Milan team, there's so many of them him being one of the outsiders that aren't Italian and still fits in with that flair that the rest of them had. Mm. Just so good. And yeah, as we say. Would you say he had that dog in him though after missing that chance in the second half? He never fancied it, did he? No, he never had that dog it. in him, did he? Well, I think Dudek had like seven dogs in him that day. So <laughs> that was probably more of the issue because any other day he probably gets about five in that game. Yeah, you're right that that team is one of the last like feels like iconic teams where you just go like man for man you could just go I could just watch this guy's like compilation on YouTube even some of the defenders and you'd be like oh this guy's just another level where it feels like you almost don't quite have that anymore well even so when we were going through the the, the great teams last week we were able to pinpoint say like Arsenal 3 Chelsea 05 and then we kind of just went City <laughs> yeah whichever one you want and so it almost suits the cause to have a bit of an off in between. Let us kind of wean off you for a bit and then remind us just how good you are. In mm. One of the f- f- funny things about Shevchenko, you are right though about how like just from the jump at Chelsea, his legs look gone and it's just such a stark 
sort of thing from what, two years from Istanbul, he's in a Chelsea shirt. Do we think and he wanted to be there? And it, I don't think he probably wanted to be there, no. But Did also you- the... You, it's not like he had a... I don't think he had like a major surgery right around that time. So it's not like that's... Kind of you look at like Torres' physical decline and you can kind of link it somewhat to this knee injury he has. It's not entirely... I mean, obviously he's got a few things that happened with Torres, but... I remember at the time I was like, "What hap- what's happened to him?" Like, at least you can somewhat explain some of his physical decline. Shashenko, you just look at it and be like, "They spent thirty million pounds on the guy, and his leg just went." <laughs> it just can't explain it. I think football is a bit different to um, certainly individual sports. Do you think? Do you think you hit a point where you know your legend has been told already? Like you're written. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have to do anything, and he was still going to be held as a legendary striker, and. We're going to speak about it later on. Crawford being very open in telling people, I am the best in the world. And essentially, I'm going to remain that way. And you can put me in these conversations with these other people. I don't know in football, if that ever, if that ever kind of gets into you and if you can lose that desire. Because Chelsea, that's one of the most exciting teams in the world to join at that stage. And it just never really looked like that. I think... That can happen. I don't necessarily know that it happened in this case. I do think, also we've got to remember, it was a a very blatant Roman signing. Yeah. And yeah. Jose, I think, pretty much openly didn't want him. So I wonder how much that factors into... I can imagine Jose's a nightmare to play for if he, like, he doesn't really if want he doesn't you either. And that's kind of the beginning of the end with Jose at Chelsea as well. Was, so. Did he, he, he be a nightmare when he wants you? Yeah. <laughs> was he signed when Crespo was signed? No, no, no. No, so Crespo was... Early Crespo gets loaned to Milan, Milan for, for the Istanbul. Ah, okay. yeah. So he's signed for Chelsea the year before that. So that would be a three or four. Ah, okay. So give you just remember that. him that first game against Wigan. They were one 0 down, and he scored an absolute fronker. Yeah, that links into the thing we were saying about that Chelsea team last week, where uh, they were losing to Wigan. That was Wigan's first game in the Prem. Yeah. And I didn't for a second doubt that Chelsea are going to break their hearts. Just yeah. because that's just uh, what Jose's Chelsea do. Wigan dogged all of us as well. <laughs> I seem to remember them being particularly harsh on both of us. I don't know how horrible they were to Liverpool, but every time I, I flick through the channels and I see Prem Classics, oh, what's this? And it's Arsenal Wigan on repeat for the 15th time. <laughs> a, couple of years, uh, a couple of years into it, we got the Amiyazaki treatment that spell where he was red hot he dunked on us at Anfield that might have been Anfield I think yeah so we got a bit of it save a striker space for if we uh, draw out Z later on <laughs> yeah oh yeah I'm, I didn't have him down he's in he's, he's, on, my, he's on my board Wigan Wigan well, hang on before you pull that out do you uh, want to have a word on Skulls before we uh, move on no I think I think everyone knows just how good Skulls is and I'm prob- pretty sure you might have covered him in previous pods so obviously Probably wasn't positive though, Brad. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, I, actually, think about that. I think the most positively we've ever spoken about him was to detract from Carrick, which yeah. maybe says quite a bit, to be fair. <laughs> just a <laughs> just <laughs> haters <laughs> pod. Yeah. Haters of, of Man United FC. Well, we, we, we used to have consistent United presence. presence, yeah. And then now it's kind of been like, but they aren't here to defend themselves. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a kind of a bonding moment for the rest of us to kind of just escape for the moment. Yeah. I mean, if I've got to pick like one moment for Skulls, it's probably going to be that goal against Barcelona, isn't it? Um, I, was so, I was so annoyed when... <laughs> I think it was Zambrotta, like nicks in, tries clearing it, clears it straight to him, sets himself up and smashes it top corner from like 35 yards. It wasn't bad. Um, but that just showed the quality he possessed, I think, and... 
Um, you're obviously seeing all these passing montages on um, social media at the moment. Um, and yeah, his passing range was unbelievable. He seemed to go from uh, arriving late in the box midfielder to one who could just sit and control the pace of a game, which is why he was so successful, I think, at the end of his career. And why United were so successful, when we'd beaten teams 1-2 now, he would often come on and just see the game out, just moving the ball around. And yeah, I think well, for me, just an unbelievable player. The ping to the edge of the box from a corner has essentially been attributed to him. Yeah, yeah. And The that, one against Villa. Well, to, to have a couple of those on on your highlight reel says a lot about the way you strike a ball, sir. Yeah. Don't forget when... Oh, and Robin did the the curse on back back to Man United. On yeah. one of my favourite goals ever. Such a thing, and the celebration afterwards, his little, uh, little yeah. hands out thing is perfect. Yeah, hate it. All right, well, <laughs> off my list now. What have we got next? Here we go. L. L. I'm going to be taking an L here. First pick. Oh, I've got a choice. You going to be a man of your word and put Yari Lipman in or what? So two of my favourite players ever have L as their first initial. I've got a choice between a central midfielder and a goalkeeper. I'm going to go with Frank and I don't feel good about it. Long-standing member. He was in my first draft team as well. You really are loyal to him. And I figure I can still have a chat about Jens Lehmann anyway, so I'm cheating a bit. I'm going Lampard. Brad... Who have you got lined up for L? I'm going to be sensible here. I'm going to go Philip Lahm. Oh, you bastard. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Any idea where you're going to be playing him? or? Uh... Um, I'm putting him in at right back at the moment, oh. but we'll see. Yeah, That's we'll the thing. Use you that option. <laughs> we'll see option. just how, uh, how we play out the rest of this before I uh, commit to him being right back. And you're going to take Jens Lehmann? I'm not no. going to take Jens Lehmann. Wow. He's taking a striker. He's getting some goals in there. If I hadn't already brought in Suarez, <laughs> playing four four two now, mate. I would have considered it. Would you? Would it have been Henrik Larsson? No, no. Although I did, I did put him down. I quite, I'm quite liking trying to guess your pick. I'm going to get one of them right. I know who he's thinking. He's. <laughs> I'm assuming you thought I was thinking Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he doesn't never. That doesn't feel a very fashionable pick. That so I, I wouldn't have picked him either. No, it's... Especially when you've got Suarez in there as so. well. That's it, yeah. If I hadn't, I think I'd, I'd have probably done it. I'm I'm just happy I've taken TK's picks. Yeah, really that really happy. hurts. I really wanted that. As soon as I saw it, I thought, I think they'll both go for someone more attacking, so I'll have Philip Lamb ready. That hurts. Oh, I'm going to have to go for Lauren. And get my, <laughs> Again? I just get my right back sorted. <laughs> because I've got a list. In the other letters of uh, slightly more sexier players, so I'll just get my right back sorted. Shall I t- the other players that I uh, had down? Go on. Um, Lavezzi. Ezekiel. Sold himself. Sold his soul to China. Larson, as we've said, Lewandowski. David Luiz. Lucio was one I was watching back. Mm. And one of the first players I was thinking of when uh, we put this draft together mainly just because his name sounded a bit similar to mine, really, was what I went with back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. He was You're he was like the like the big Brazil centre-half, wasn't he? He was unbelievable for them. Yeah. And yeah. He was good in that Inter Milan team. I was going to say, that, that Inter Milan team is a bit of a revival for him, really. Yeah. You consider, obviously, their World Cup is 2002. 
was into Milan 2010 is it when they win the Champions League yeah so that was when they had that unbelievable team on FIFA because Lucio still had like ridiculous pace and then they had like Ivan Cordoba (laughs) like no one could ever beat and it's just like this is a joke yeah give Melito and uh, Etu's stupid stats that was no it was time wasn't it yeah Jesus yeah yeah because then Rafa goes in there after Jose and thinks I've got to do something I've got to change it uh Obviously, you can't get anything out of Melito. Melito's had his one year. You can't get anything out of him. Etu says, fuck off. Poor bloke. So if we go start with you, Brad, Philip Lahm, consensus, I was going to say consensus, best right back of all time. Jesus. The, the, pre, the Prem's done a job of forcing uh, Trent into that conversation. You not heard him in that mix before? Consensus best though suggests he's maybe I've swiveled consensus one of. I think if you were, I don't think anyone's for Trent though, have we? Yeah, I I mean, we'll try, but uh, yeah, as a friend, not me personally. I think if anyone in Germany was looking at who their best right back ever was in terms of their country, they would definitely be looking at Philip Lahm, wouldn't they? Just an absolute stalwart for club and country. He had like that ridiculous start, didn't he, where he went so long without a yellow card, and yeah, just. Again. Don't like that for me. Want a yeah. bit of bite. <laughs> Pep moving him into midfield. That definitely helps his legs, doesn't it? The fact that he went in there and could, could ball still. Yeah. Well, he's done the same with Kimmich, but they've just done it at like 19, 20 rather than like 33. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. balling out in there. Well, do you, do you remember the, I can say controversy, I think the last time he was mentioned on here, do you remember what, what happened with Alex? Remember when we had this back in the day? We were doing a similar thing where we were picking positions and... Is he going Philip, to say Philip Lahm's like a left so winger Fi- or something? Philip Lahm, who has played on both flanks at midfield, at fullback, centre midfield, and he said Philip Lahm the centre-back. <laughs> just about the only position And he played, covered. I think, one game there when someone had been sent off. In, can't have it. Like, and he yeah, was like, can't have look, it. So I reckon he could do a job. He's not going to centre-back in your team? No. So... Frankie Lampard for me so fairly easy pick and Lauren for you yeah <laughs> wasn't, but, who, wasn't who I was expecting uh, it was under duress but look I've, you've got to have a couple of sensible picks in your draft unfortunately <laughs> I thought there was a, there was some other you, you're laughing at look you know that's, that's an invincible you're laughing at I know but I still might be able to get Luke Young so <laughs> yeah my uh, my options are wide they don't look pretty I will confess all right, what what letter uh, is coming out next? F. I know where Byron's going with this already. You don't. If you don't pick him. You don't. Ugh. I'm going to go with... Fellaini. <laughs> <laughs> this is really uh, head or heart here. But um, I'm going to go with Luis Figo. Nice, I like it. I'll, uh, I'll take Rio. Okay. Respectable. I'm sorting out the... Centre half first. You only, pick, you only pick one centre back. No, no, get my defence sorted. I meant. Yeah, I will go for Sesk. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't turn down the greatest midfielder of his generation. Does he one just have the, a really like short generation? Or something? <laughs> one of the greatest of all time. And for people that did wonder, I did send the list to Brad and TK of uh, midfielders that I take over David Silva. So that was crossed off as well just in case anyone thought that I wouldn't be able to do that. It wasn't a particularly agreeable list, but he sent us a list. <laughs> I don't think it was that outrageous. It wasn't horrendous. Just I didn't even include Arteta. Right. 
Huh? I didn't even include Arteta. <laughs> that was good of you. There was one at the bottom of the list that I was thinking. I'm not sure. Rodri. No, it wasn't Rodri. There was someone on there. Where have you got Figo playing roughly, TK? I'll have him one of the winger roles, but I'll... Uh, okay. He's on the left for now. Sound. Brad, Rio, so... Brad's got Rio, Lam and Skulls. Sesk, Lampard in, Sheva for me, and uh, Figo, uh, Suarez some... and Lauren for uh, TK. <laughs> I hope we get some I've horrid, got a mix. horrid letters for your, uh, for your defenders here. Yeah, my, I think defenders... My defense shit the bed again. There's uh, there's the most depth I would say. Probably after strikers to be fair with defenders. So uh, to go for I had not to go for Robbie Fowler with that one. By the way, I should have I should have done it. But so many other ones. Uh, or Diego Forlan that was on my list. I had Forlan down. You could have done what Liverpool didn't manage to do and got Fakir over the line. Uh, that would have been fun. Brad could have gone for either one of the Brazilian Freds. Yeah. Or Fabio. You could have gone for Binho. You could have gone. Slept on player here, Torsten Frings. Oh, I have Torsten Frings in my, in my list. Saw that uh, banger he scored at the World Cup get retweeted onto the timeline the other day. Where he just seems to be just lining it up forever. Just that one that comes across him at like 30 yards out. Seems just waiting forever and still just pinged it top corner. Seems like that Germany team scored some bangers, I swear. I don't ever judge players on World Cup, so after Al Haji Youth and Cleberson. <laughs> Bruno, Fernand- Bruno Fernandez <laughs> could have come into your team, Brad. It's a good player, a very good you player. You can say you don't want him, it's fine. It's no problem. <laughs> it's, uh, it's early in his career. I know he's, what, 27, 28, but for me it's a bit early in his career to be saying he's a top, top player. Brad um, Friedel. I think he's got the ability to be. Brad Friedel stays on the board. Fraser Forster stays on the board. <laughs> Jesus, you were really in the depths here. <laughs> ben Foster stays on the board. Did you, did you see him getting cooked for that? What's he say? He said something like, uh, he spoke about one of the planes and he said a bad boy something. And all the replies were like 39 years old, by the way. <laughs> I can't think what the make of plane was, but he's like, oh, it's just mint in it. These fireworks and this bad boy flying over. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Of course, do you want to have a, you want a word on Figo before we... Uh... Carry on, I feel like... Uh, I wonder if he is probably one of those slightly overlooked players. If you talk about, obviously, Galacticos or whatever, doesn't tend to be one of the first ones mentioned. You're going to go with R9. Beckham's obviously got a bit more profile. Raul. Zizou. I think we do, yeah, Zidane. So I think we probably do uh, overlook just how good Figo was. It was a uh, good watch, the documentary. Did I never watched it, and I was about to say I didn't yeah, watch it. good little watch. One of his mate, who's sort of like repping him as an agent, has really just snaked him. <laughs> and it's just, he never really seems to blame him. I'm like, why are you not throwing this guy under the bus? It's a total snake. I couldn't see how you could make something that interesting out of like one transfer, but then everyone I know that's seen it has said like how good it was. It was yeah. it was good. It's on the list for me to watch. And he does, <laughs> this guy basically just gets him in a position whereby he's like, yeah, you, they've got, they're going to have to pay 30 million or whatever it is they pay for it. And You've got to go. It's like you don't have a choice. You're going. And he, to, basically, to so almost spare his mate's blushes, he has to go. It's a weird situation. Oh, I wonder if it's the same for United fans having Ronaldo in there. But I feel like a lot of us were conditioned to hate that Portugal team and anyone that was in it after they knocked us out of. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, there was a period. That's 2004? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a period that I absolutely hated Ronaldo, even though he played for United, just because of the, the wink after. 
Yeah, yeah. He's been six, isn't he? He yeah. gets Rooney sent off. And yeah. he gets, so he's knocked England out and he's fucked over his teammate. Even that kit, which is a very nice it's kit as far as international kit. kits go. I've had the opportunity to buy it before and I never will just because I just Principal. just don't like that team at all. Portugal's one of those really kits. Costa on it. Yeah, yeah. Portugal's one of those kits where if you fuck that up, you've really fucked up because you shouldn't be able to. Those colours are just nice. They were they were unreal, those uh, Total 90 kits. And yeah, that Portugal team is in the FIFA Street era because they had yeah. a great like three, four man with their... FIFA was a nice sort of FIFA Street Yeah, pickup, Ronaldo obviously was in there. They had him in the trailer doing all the tricks and flicks and uh, Deco, obviously. I was thinking about that the other day, how rough it was for the stage of his career that he was at that you could, on that game, feasibly pick up Rivaldo alongside Paddy Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Where have I got to here that these boys are playing football together in the street and oh. Rivaldo's at the same sort of Paddy Kenny level? I'll never stop banging the drum for that being the greatest video game of all time. The original Fever Street, I don't yeah. know how they got worse as they made them, but it's they just did. It's a, not, it's that just was iconic. Trying to improve things and you, you got the winning formula there. Even, I liked the idea later on, so me and Harry used to play I think it must have been three. I don't even think it was three. It may have been four if that was a thing. But they basically updated it to you were playing in like a sports hall, basically, and you could hit it off the walls. And in the way that Paddy Kenny was like on there, I used to be Norwich on there, and John Ruddy was just a demon. <laughs> I'll tell you, I didn't expect to hear John Ruddy was just a demon. Unreal, we, uh... unreal on there, because he used to love playing the rugby game. And I, I, maybe once on easy, I, can, I like doing a thing that every drill I think we ever did in PE which run till you get to someone chuck it to the side and so on and then run till you're sick well not even that it was the easiest thing ever because well I didn't want to get involved in the tackling so stick clear <laughs> <laughs> yeah unreal Fabregas overriding memory of him is the the North London derby goal that comes straight from kickoff where Sky haven't yet come back from finishing the yeah, Van Persie's yeah. replay dribbles through the team and bangs it scoring the penalty with a broken leg which I'm sure there's some finer detail that makes that story less impressive but it sounds great to say he scored the penalty with the broken leg there's yeah. a flip side to look at that you can look at that Birmingham City game you go Eduardo get up <laughs> hang on what's wrong with you <laughs> When you say that Birmingham City game the fact there's more than one <laughs> yeah. yeah not the uh, League Cup final sorry that was Which one was a more painful experience? Watching your season go up in smoke in one? Well, or... I don't think we knew at the time that that... I reckon you had an idea. When you saw Gallas <laughs> so mounting down. I, I'd actually left by the point he was he was crying. Right. So I, I'd left. I was at my dad's and I went outside to, to, play, to play football with my brothers. To cry as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, an, it was annoying. It's break his leg. But it, was, it felt an injustice with the referee, which I don't say often. Yeah. Like it's never happened to Arsenal since. I believe it was James McFadden at the time. Yes, yeah. Um, My boy. Good because plan. Galas is battering Gail Clichy and Clichy, we now see, doesn't really make contact <laughs> with yeah, him yeah. who goes over. And yeah, we we were so good that season. It's It feels a bigger miss than this season in just the, the collective and how good we were and even in comparison to everyone else. We've beaten United, Chelsea and Liverpool by that stage of the season. So for it to go up in smoke, the Birmingham one felt like we will never win a trophy ever again yeah, after yeah. that. It's written. And it's a good thing at the time, I don't think I clocked Martins pushing Gashel on his head down because I would have been <laughs> on the moon. 
Fabio should get extra marks for the, the goal running from halfway based on the fact he's not exactly a pace player. I think you get extra marks for the fact you did that. He's Just being able to run from halfway is a good he, goal. He makes the first person and is kind of like the rest of the team. is on. Oh, fire. Van Persie scores a great header. That's no, I think it's a nick at the front post to open the scoring in that game. And yeah, good old days when they just got smoked for fun. Like it was actually within our interest for them to put up a bit of a fight. So it made it worth it come full time. And then the 5 2 was, was really the end of that. It like woke them up a bit. Hopefully, last season was the start of a, start of a new trend. Anything you want to say on Rio, Brad? Because you're not going to get much prop from either of us, I think. Oh, I don't know why that might be. Um, I'll just take all the United players out of my team, I think. <laughs> just get no prop. Yeah, whatsoever. yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a lot of Arsenal players on my list, and so far I've uh, I've resisted. That's all right. TK's out. You're out with Lauren. Actually, I've got Sask and we're only three picks. A third of my team is Arsenal. Yeah, so. yeah. TK right. to say, steady on. Two thirds of my team is United. So. Yeah, just his reading of the game. I think he was probably one of the first ones where you said naturally like good on the ball, um, good reading the game, just like a modern day defender, but from 10, 15 years ago, really. So it is a shame. He's such a twat. Yeah. I feel his legacy is going downhill. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Because if he just, if he had just gone missing in his like retirement, if he had like a recluse, I think we'd probably all wax lyrical about how good he was because he's there and just an irritating presence. And, in these lists or whatever, continually putting himself at the top. So, <laughs> yeah. We don't need you to tell us. It's fine. It's- yeah. I'm maybe not the best person to moan about insufferable opinionated people on podcasts, but <laughs> I don't know why. the main guy he does his with is one of the worst ever people. Is that, that house? Is that, yeah, that his yeah. voice alone. I put him yeah. worse than McCullough. For sure he is, yeah. Absolutely. That, <laughs> That clip of him talking about Ed Woodward being it, worse than Munich, and immediately yeah, realize I mean, immediately realizing shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I mean, like realistically, how is he still? He's still getting like gigs and stuff. Like, how are you still being paid? Gigs wasn't an intentional pun, yeah. but how are you still? How are you still getting these gigs with what we know about well, you? Because he gets vouched for by Rio. Yeah, yeah, odd. All right, what's uh, what's next? I've got first pick, haven't I? Yes, you do. Fabregas in third pick. I'm happy with that. Oof. Oh, I see good on T. It's not what I was hoping for when uh, when you said that. Total transparency here. Brad messaged me pre-pod with a couple of letters that he was struggling with. <laughs> T was one of them. I felt outraged. He I, has, he's told me that. I uh, uh, I, t- I texted you that, and then about two seconds later, I thought a four. Like off the bat, I was thinking, yeah, I, I should, didn't need to send that. All right. <laughs> There's a lot of nice picks here, but I'm trying to think of the rest of my team. I want to save another striker slot because there's some others I want more. Oh. So the one you might want is going to be free. I think I'm going to go at fullback provisionally, maybe centre-back. I'm going to go with Lillian Turam. It's nice. It's on my board. It's on my board. I can confirm that. I was close for uh, Jeremy Tulalon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the one that you thought TK might want, but I think he's probably not going to take because of Suarez. Um, so I'll take Fernando Torres. It might have been the dream for him to pair those together that you've just taken away. Yes, every Liverpool fan dream and you've just snatched it. Good. So, yeah, glad I wanted you. to. Yeah, happy for you. Uh, yeah, both of those two were high on my board, I will confirm. So you've both done the damage, but I'm going to go with Yaya Torre. 
Okay. Bit of a bit of substance in my team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pete, Torre, Suarez, Figo and Lauren. Not bad that. It's nice. We've got a good we've got a good start. Was it? Bit, I'll be honest. Might have a few problems in the dressing room. I've got, <laughs> I've got some questions, but all right, I can manage it. I've got some ultimate professionals <laughs> in Phil Lamb and Paul's goals. All right? Yeah, you got a boring dressing room. <laughs> Mine's a bit too fiery. Was it Zanti where the Yaya Torre chat started, or would it have been when I was in Cavos and I you wouldn't have been there? I think it was Cavos. I wasn't there because because I think in Zanti it was the Poznan, wasn't it? Yeah, the first time we heard that chant, it was a bit like what's good. And then you couldn't move 15 steps yeah. without it going on. Yeah. People would leave nightclubs on the strip just because you would just see something outside in the street and you'd realise it was the Torre chant. <laughs> and people would just pour out to just join this giant flock of people doing the Torre chant. And you've never seen seriousness like people commanding people to get lower before <laughs> rising for the colo. <laughs> And then that chant, was it Liverpool doing it once you got Colo, where I think people were like, I'm drawing the line now. <laughs> That's too much. And then that sounds about right. Ten years later at the darts, it's it's still it's, going. It's You're like, still going. Really, lads? All right. Everybody on was up next. Elsewhere on on the boards, I do still do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Toldo, if you were looking towards a keeper. An underrated keeper. Totti. Yeah, that was the that would would have been the next one. On the, the board rush, still. Brad could have gone with Tevez if he was going with his United side. No. Not after have, he, uh, he went to City. That's what he did. I did have Tierney in case we got uh, to left back and it was the last <sighs> thing I needed. Um do have Timber down so you can maybe see where I was going. Two boys that I've backed. Florian Tovan, who I was backing at Newcastle all the way to Marseille. Andros Townsend have to think we'd have done better Jeez. under Roy if he was brought to the tournament. The form he was in that year, was it 2014? form he was in. Unbelievable. Yeah. The worst thing is he's probably going to be remembered more for his goal against City for Palace than he is Unreal. for uh, how good he was back in like 2012 <laughs> to 2014, that period there. John Terry stays on the board. Colo Torre stays on the board. Luca Toni stays on the board. My guy, Luca Toni. Taremi stays on the board and David Trezeguet stays on the board. Occasionally someone would try to make the case that he was actually better than Omri and then it would... That's just one of those things where, I don't know, maybe people are just looking for a conversation or something. <laughs> Good player though, Trezeguet. I think he was linked with us quite a lot just because he was French, basically. That was uh, the way things went. But fun player to watch. He's got a compilation as good as any. Not yeah, quite as good as Giroud's. No one's uh, like Giroud's. It's a funny one with... Um, Obviously, the way Syria was at that point, if we'd had it more like it is now, or even like when it begins to decline, if you might have seen people like Trezeguet and Del Piero jump for a Prem move, that would have been interesting. It would have been fun to see them. Because both of them, I remember being talked about people saying like, they're good, but how good are they? And just out of, we would do this with players where we just wouldn't see them enough. Because obviously you didn't see that much European football compared to what you do now. And so the English being the English we were like well how good are they we, we haven't seen them so does it count anything you want to say on Yaya Torre I mean probably like one of the very few players who is at 
on that list of simultaneously overrated and underrated because everyone talks about no one talks about this season and then they throw that stat where he scored 20 goals or whatever it's like well you keep doing this every few months and you're getting thousands of retweets and agreements so I think people are talking about it enough people know peak Yaya I feel we took him for granted a little bit a little bit probably partly because of the city effect Um, and partly his real, real peak standout probably doesn't last quite as long as maybe you would like. I think he's actually got two or three years in that, which is more than enough, really. But just because when they talk about the great central midfielders, these players basically played their career in the Prem or certainly the bulk years. So Gerard Lampard, Scholes, Keane, Vieira tends to be the conversation. And Yaya obviously belongs in that, but does get forgotten a little bit. But if his peak, he's... Do you he's think a ma- he's, one he's a match the- for all of them, isn't he? You think he's the one of the ones, the first ones to be like a four, an eight, or a ten, where he could literally mm. play in any of those roles and he was just equally as good in any of them? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because we spoke about this, I don't know, I can't remember what the context was that we were speaking about, but when he was brought in at City, we thought he was a holding midfielder from Barca. And then, like, a couple of games in, you watch, you're like, that's not a holding midfielder. <laughs> Confirm that. The way this man's carrying the ball is definitely not. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right in terms of as, as good and all round as we've seen other, other than uh, Stephen Gerrard, obviously. You're saying he's in the <laughs> same bracket as Fellaini, who you were talking about earlier, in being misprofiled. Is that the comparison <laughs> no, you were making? No, Fellaini's a four or a nine, right? <laughs> yeah. He couldn't do the eight or ten. Well, he couldn't do the four either, but... I think part of it is... Imagine that- if they had just gone, yeah, yeah, you go up top, <laughs> and we're going to lump this up to you. Well, that's what he came through as. When he when he had his um, trial at Arsenal, I believe he was a striker, and then we couldn't get the work permit for him. Played against Barnett. It also seems wild that he did have uh, a bit of a stage where they thought he might be a centre-back and you're like, what <laughs> What are you going to do? Well, didn't he have to play centre-back for Barcelona for a couple of games? Like, he had some injuries they, or they whatever. They did have to play anyone, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. I think at City, they're as ruthless as it gets. So you, you very rarely get the positive farewell. And so Torre just seemed to just, he was just gone. Yeah. Yeah. He, and so we probably didn't get the, even the time, it's almost, if you have that season where you're shit and we can all say, no, but remember how good he was. Hmm. That goes a long way, and he didn't get that from memory anyway. I don't remember him having a particular drop-off where we had to reminisce yeah. to remind ourselves. Like, I'd be interested to see the City retirements, that's how many players actually finished their career at City. Because I can't think of many that have finished their careers at City. There always seems to be like, they get to like 34, 35, yeah, they then go me. off somewhere else and then retire elsewhere. Yeah, well, one of the most recent ones was uh, Aguero, where you had him doing that we cannot replace him, and then they so won hard. the league with like ninety whatever, ninety eight points or whatever it was the next year, and then signed Haaland a year later. Yeah, so they definitely could replace him. Poor and man. he and he didn't like him anyway the whole time. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Silver got kind of a farewell, but he was still going, obviously. So I believe they let him go on a free. Mm. Very rare. What about Fernandinho? Did he retire there or did he... Yeah. He retired there. They basically kept saying to him, give us one more year to get the guy. And then Rodri comes in and within like three games, he was like... And then they rotated. I think he played like 17 games maybe that season. And that was all they do. Was like that Liverpool, he played you- against Vinicius and Vinicius just like left the ball, went straight through Fernandinho's legs and then over like 10 yards, there was like eight yards difference between them. <laughs> well, Liverpool had a spell of being very good at this with their forward line where the next guy was there before this guy went out and when you lose a couple of guys at once, you suddenly can't do it or 
all of your midfield. <laughs> just hey, hey, hey. Says to mush over. Don't judge it just yet. All right. What letter? Uh, unless you want to say anything on Torres, I'm not sure how much Proud's going to be banging down for. To be you. honest, I, Torres was one of those strikers that was probably one of the most frightening strikers when he was at Liverpool that I've ever seen. He was unbelievable, like unplayable at times, um, especially for Vidic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just one of those where you saw like a Torres, like the main night Liverpool game, and you were thinking. Well, he's just going to score, isn't he? Like every time he played against us, you just knew that that was coming. Um, so I think that's probably the big, biggest prop I can give him. Obviously, really unfortunate with the injuries he got because I think he would have been a he like his his legacy is a really good player is still top. But there's there was an opportunity there for someone to be really really unbelievable and just put himself in his own category. I think was he always going to fall off a cliff, or if he rejects the move to Chelsea? says, no, I love this club. This is where I want to be. Could he have re-found it? We're just in such a bad spot at that point. I don't know that... I don't know if you're finding yourself with us either. We're not good. And would Chelsea have then signed Andy Carroll? Oh, God, that would have been fantastic, wouldn't it? (laughs) If only. If only. Yeah, I don't know, because I guess you you can make the argument, well, then he can play with Suarez. Interesting to see how that works out. Um... That probably would have helped him a little bit, wouldn't it? You can he can sort of carry the load for you. You're not going to have that massive drought that he has to begin his Chelsea career, which probably no. kills his confidence. So, yeah, Brad's right there in terms of one of the first players I remember with Liverpool. Where I was like, I don't know what we're going to do today, but I think this guy's going to do something crazy. Yeah. Every time I was like, I think he'll he'll score and he might win us the game here. We might be dreadful, but he might do something. So the Alexis and a Bamiang, to be fair. Where are we drawing from next? Pick five. C. There is a lot of options. There's a lot of options. You are absolutely <laughs> right. And it's TK first this time, isn't it? Yeah. Some regrets that I uh, that I got my right back sorted now, I'll confess. Um, but I'll go with the other one, Ashley Cole. I was hoping for that then. Yeah. Cashley. I'll put him down as. Brad, you taking uh, Johan Kabai? Uh, no, I'm not going to take Johan, actually, <laughs> on this occasion. Um, I'll get my left back sorted and I'll take Robbie Carlos. I did consider it. When, you know, I don't need a convertible to get to work. I need a more sensible car and Ashley Cole is it's a presentable car. Well, you said my sensible. team was boring so I thought I'd bring in Carlos. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I've got so much trauma with what Jack's done previously that I thought he was about to go, I'll take my left back, Ashley Cole. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had so many times we just clearly wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm assuming you were thinking. Oh, actually, I'll let Byron pick before. I've I've got a I've I've got a couple, and do I? I mean, it's glamour either way here. Really, I can talk you through because I'm in, I'm the last man yes. standing. I've got Cafu on the board. Yeah, yeah, that was who I was. I've yeah. got Cannavaro on the board. Yeah, I've got Gail Clichy on the board. Jesus. <laughs> I've got Courtois on the board. Good keeper. Two better than him though. Yeah. Ah, oh. see us. Good shot, Greg. Check. I thought you meant Gregory Coupe. He can't, he can't have Petr Cech in his team. He I'll take, can't. I'll take Courtois over Petr Cech. Prime? Yeah. <laughs> there, there was no bass in his voice there. Absolutely none. Didn't say that of any chest at all. No chest, is there? You are you picking? Are you taking Courtois? He's agonising over this. I'm going to go with Casillas just because I like him more than the other picks. Whereas I feel Cafu was probably the right choice to make there, but. 
Cannavaro, I was quite dead set on when when we first got on to see and then you pull up the draft board and uh, these things can happen. I wondered if you might um, get Crespo in there and do the Milan pairing. You might no, there's... there's take too, the stabilisers off and get a bit exciting. There's too many strikers left on the board that tickle my fancy and look, the letter may not even come out, but it worked when I held out for Berber and then you criticised my choice by saying <laughs> it wasn't the best version. It wasn't. I got my man when that graphic was tweeted out the name Berbasov was on there. Yeah, that's grubby. That's a bit grubby, but all right. Anything you want to say on Cashley? Well, I mean, consensus best Premier League left-back ever and uh, one of the all-time greats generally, isn't it? If you, if you were saying an English player who's the best ever in a position, I think he'd be our best sort of candidate, wouldn't he? Yeah. Of all of them. It's the most standout, I well, think. Not Luke Shaw? Not quite. He's got time though, Brad. Don't bit of respect on Luke Shaw's name, please. It's a nice uh, back four. Brad spelled in here. Roberto Carlos, Rio Ferdinand, Philip Lahm. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going. That's building from the back nicely. Play chess, not checkers, boys. Where did you sit on the uh, Casillas Buffon debate? Uh, I've, I've always Buffon. I didn't consider it much of a debate, actually. Who did you like more? Hmm. Probably Buffon, but I wouldn't say I had too much skin in that game. I think they're both fairly likeable from the outside. I know I Alex is passionately on the Casillas side of that argument. Yeah, I think Buffon was about. I don't know if that's helping him. I think I, um, <laughs> I think I preferred Casillas. I don't know why. Maybe just because he was left-footed, and so am I. Maybe it was Casillas. Been that simple. <laughs> a lefty. It was Casillas that started necking the reporter after Euro 2008, wasn't it? And then I think we later were... found out it was his missus. Yeah, yeah, they were going out. Wasn't yeah. a, wasn't a Kubrat Pulev job. Dime as well. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a poo left job. Brad Roberto Carlos, yeah, somewhat think, spoken down on a bit much these days. We kind of write off his, uh, that he couldn't defend him. Yeah, with just it, does this offensive like it, demon. it does feel like that's become a thing, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I think, again, seeing him playing, like TK mentioned, the soccer games now, where he's just had like such a drop off and such an increase in weight, and he just literally yeah. can't play longer than 10 minutes, which you're expecting from like. A celebrity. I mean, clearly doesn't give a fuck either, is it? Yeah. Like some of them try, but he's like, no. There's a certain privilege to um, being tall and fat in comparison to short and fat. In the yeah, yeah, there's no man that can carry short and fat. (laughs) You just you're in Hobbit territory. And look, fat and happy is the way to be when uh, when you've finished professional football. You're at that age. Enjoy yourself, son. Yeah, I think for Rio me... Rio tell you, he had to eat pasta in the mornings. Yeah. So... Nine o'clock in the morning, he had to eat pasta I when think you finished. Me, Carlos is probably the other left-back in the world that I'd put in that bracket with Ashley Cole. Um, the first real... I mean, Brazil didn't really need defensive fullbacks, did they, in the team they had, so... Um, Who was the better fullback in that team, Cafu or Carlos? If I hadn't already got a right-back, I probably would have taken Cafu, and that probably yeah. suggests that... Cafu doesn't really get the... Uh... Suddenly, he was a good attacking fullback. He doesn't really get the slander of he couldn't defend. So yeah. that's actually must have been somewhat useful. Yeah, agreed. You're not saying anything on Casillas? Uh, kind of had the conversation with uh, Buffon. Very good keeper. Cool keeper. Yeah, I think he got a bit of Madrid tax, where I think he had some success attached to that, which also gets you the Spain job, which I think, I don't know. I, th- I think put something on your career that you could have been somewhere else and been just the same quality keeper but not get some of the accolades you've got but I know you some wanted, of it is the way you land but then does he not leave you wanted Manuel Almunia in there huh does he not leave and then Navas wins like three 
out of the like four Champions Leagues or something. Yeah, which would doesn't really help would, would, his case. That would help my point. Yeah, it's kind of you got a fair bit of tax that being the Madrid keeper can give you. K is the next letter. It's, it's an unpleasant letter. I'm Kevin Kilban, though. Cleberson. See, if I'd just taken my initial pick last time, I'd have been happy. Actually, no. Kaka, nice and yeah. easy. Oh, that really hurts because that's. I've yeah, literally got him highlighted on my list, but my eyes are just being drawn at goalkeeper. Presumably, Brad, you were going to go for him? Yeah. Yeah, that makes me feel bad that I had no chance, at least. Yeah, Kaka was first on my list by quite some way, to be honest. He's going to be out wide somewhere. I'm not sure where. I'll go to 4 3 3, I guess, but we'll have a look. He's on the board. Brad, where are you looking? Casey Keller? No, but I am going to stay with the same position. I thought you might. Um, oh, do I? Do I put Captain oh. Fantastic in there? No, I'll stay with. I'll stay with the. We spooked him about the United players. Yeah, I know. Got right and in he, his head. And he was the one that brought it up. <laughs> he got in his own head. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Oliver Kahn. Um, yeah, I'll say hell of a bat line that. We need, um, you had one of your teams and it was like an unreal bat line and then Chris Samba was the last man in it and we need someone like that for Brad's. <laughs> Give us a lifeline. The thing is, all like all of my letters have got mainly strikers with like the odd defender and keeper and the ones that are coming out are just <laughs> working. <laughs> the defender just seems to work. So hopefully my team should end up being reasonably okay. TK, what are you looking at? I mean, I don't know if this is going to help police my dressing room or create a much bigger problem, but I've got Roy Keane coming in. Okay. <laughs> I've got, it's really, there's a, there's a fire starting. I might be throwing petrol on it. I hey, don't know. Roy Keane and Yaya is, is, <laughs> is not bad. That Two people are probably going to be uh, maligned as little more than a destroyer. And then can all play a lot better than you think like the fighters that say uh, they knew once they got in there with me and <laughs> opposition midfielders are going to know when they get in there they know they've had a game your midfield yeah I'm just it, going for ballers in my midfield and hoping I can in uh, fairness, I can get past your battle I was there. aiming for Kaka and ended up with Keane so I've just gone stylistically we're changing it up <laughs> Kaka might be my favourite kind of before anyone pulls with like a European player of that time. I know what you mean. Brazilian, obviously, yeah. but... Yeah, just, again, what we said about that Milan team, where it's like, you just got like individual icons in here that easily you could pull out, right, I'm going to watch a thing on their career and watch it. And I mean, his is probably the best of the lot because I said best on the eye. I said when we did uh, the Istanbul pot that I remember at what was a rough time for Arsenal my desktop wallpaper was uh, Kaka in the rain doing the celebration pointing at the sky just yeah. because he was just seemed so cool and benefited. Did he have his I love Jesus that someone at that point? United, was it? it may well. If that, his goal against United where he's making very good defenders look like they're doing a stand-up routine. He wasn't fucking around that year. No. And very good when, as you say, the question of could they do it in the Premier League and then some of these guys get the chance to play against Premier League players and yeah. make Bullshit them look yeah. stupid. Yeah. The thing 
where some people still said it with Messi. And then he had like more goals against Premier League teams than some of the strikers that were being held up. Like there was a point he had more goals against Premier League teams than like Aguero. And he was playing them like a couple of times a year in the Champions League. Stop padding against us, to be fair. (laughs) The moment I knew he was a joke, the moment where I was, when he chipped it over Armunia's head and then tapped it in the other side was like, this guy's played another game. Yeah, yeah, that was, I remember watching that game and was like, jaw touching the floor and I was like, what, what is this? I just remember him as being like this guy who could just drift past players as if they weren't there all the time and no matter who it was, no matter how good that defender was, well, the things um, with him just a problem for everyone. When we watched this, the more when we said about it, it was like it was like two strides, and he's basically covered like half the pitch. You know yeah. what the hell is this guy? It's like not necessarily the biggest web, but big enough, and then just rapid with it. And I bet I said on that part, I bet if you put him in like a hundred meter race or whatever, you'd look at him and think like this guy's slow. Put him in the ball in the middle of a football pitch, not even that wide, in the middle, running through the middle of a team, and it's it's just lightning. It's just something else. Unfortunately, we were bigging up Kaka in the last podcast we did about him. The last podcast we did with Oliver Kahn involved <laughs> wasn't a good one as we went over England five, Germany one, and it was not his best game. No, he's in fact he given us three or four of them. Didn't he? he agreed that Mark Lawrenson could have gone in goal, and the scoreline wouldn't have been any different. <laughs> So Brad, on that note, Oliver Kahn in there with Roberto Carlos, Rio Ferdinand and Philip Lahm. Hey, we've got a good back three at the moment to protect him. So I feel like... Uh... The fact we're still talking about him today at a time when goalkeepers weren't all frails and all of this, this is just a straightforward do the business. And that 2002 World Cup really just made a... stamped his name to... So, everyone that had any doubts. The fact that obviously I was a kid and I remember thinking this goalkeeper's unbelievable. He must have been pretty good to stand out and he doesn't have a good final and he still gets player of the tournament. So yeah. you can maybe question that, but nonetheless. Anything to add on uh, Roy Keane? Probably don't need to, do I? No, he's... Uh, you kind of touched on, probably speak about his sort of crunching tackling and things like that. When you watch the footage of him, he's a much better technical player than probably giving credit and carry the ball got a goal in him not bad for my midfield good in the air as well yeah for a guy who wasn't that big alright what are we uh, picking from next B certain right. letters for one out here I mean good if they don't come out <laughs> oh, you got you got a nice selection here yeah um, I'm going to go with Buffon I'm going to get my goalkeeper sorted Brad what are you uh, what are you thinking I've got two options here I'll either finish off That's my Finish off my strikers and put probably your, one of your favourite players ever next to okay, Fernando okay. Torres. Um, or I go with someone that I've loved for years. So yeah, heading, I'll go Dennis Bergkamp. Um, I'll tell you my other option after you've picked. Is it Berber? No. It I'm was not going to take him. I thought he was genuinely flirting with Nicholas Bentner for a second. <laughs> he's on my list. <laughs> I'm sure he's on yours, yeah. I'm going to take... I took Beckham previously. Gareth Bale's still on the board. But I think I'm going to go with Bonucci at centre-back. Okay. All right, nice. Yeah, he was on my list as well. I the need... one I was going to pick was Busquets. Just so. I've got two centre-backs and a left-back left. I've already got Lampard and Fabregas in there. And I really... Ideally, I'm going to go 4-4-2. Because I still want another striker in there. So, uh, 
Bonucci can come into the lineup, and uh, we've still got some room for some uh, Samba in there as well. If uh, if, the, <laughs> if the letters come up, <laughs> who did you take by the way? I took Buffon. Buffon, there we go. And who did you take again? I took Burkamp. Burkamp there. Burkamp and Torres, not bad though. Oh, that's a lovely compliment each other nice as well Burkamp dropping into the 10 Torres running in behind Torres not even looking he just knows Burkamp's going to find him Burkamp's a weird one because he doesn't seem to be rated the same by younger generations probably because his goal tally doesn't match up with what he's described as but in terms of a player that you can just watch in little small clips he's about as good as it gets in terms of like it used to be a it wouldn't just be goal compilations, would it? It would be um, goals and skills compilation would be yes. what you'd get on YouTube. And yeah. Burkamp is like just a comp of his first touches. Yeah, that's what I was, was going to say. say his first, touch. first touch compilation is not bad. His, that's, he was probably like the original Berbatov. Like we grew up in the Berbatov kind of era, I think, where Burkamp was just ending his career as we were like really getting into football. I got to see him at Highbury, uh, Burkamp. One to tick off. Him and Henri together, actually. Nice. A champion, a Champions League game. It's yeah, just an unbelievable player. I think the goal against Newcastle will probably be the one moment that no, everyone he didn't remembers. mean it. Come on, yeah, of course he did. That's a bit of luck. I always thought it was the outside of his right foot until I watched it back like the other day, and I was like, "Oh, it's actually his left foot." Mm. Who was but, it? Who was it? We were watching in the Istanbul game that just kept trying it. Is it Luis Garcia? Yeah. <laughs> I said I wasn't just that game. He did it every fucking time. But yeah, that'll be the moment that he's remembered for. I think the most for the younger generation but there's probably 10, 12, 15 goals like that that he scored where his touches are unbelievable and then he just finds a finish I remember one where the ball's been played over the top and he's just taken a touch dinked it over the keeper and it's just the guy's touch was incredible wasn't just a goal scorer obviously as the stats show um, but had the ability to find the his uh, attack partner and yeah did you think the suggestion this week that Mares had the best first touch in Premier League history was egregious or in the conversation? Bit, bit disrespectful, I thought. I, I don't Good know touch. if he hadn't presented. I, I don't know if he would have been one of the first names that came to my mind. Like at all, no. I mean, you'd think Berbatov, Burkamp, Urso, Urso would be there. You won't like it. I think David Silva would be in there. I think there's we'll give him countless that. ones that you'd have. I don't think Mares is one you instantly think. I mean, it is, it is good. I'm sure yeah. you could put together a nice compilation as well. But yeah. Weird. All right, four picks left. Um, Benucci, they're booting him out of Juve. The way they treat their legends is horrific. They just beat them. Umpires are like, we don't want you anymore. So can you just fuck off? And their fans are like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can get the fans just convinced, like, yeah, why is this guy still hanging around? (laughs) uh... I've got a left back, a centre back, right side of midfield, and a striker to take. TK's got two centre-backs, a right mid and a striker. Brad's got a centre-back, a centre-mid and a right mid or a shift of formation if we get there. V. (laughs) V, okay. Do you need a centre-half, I think, mate? Don't be fucking nasty. Well, there's a couple that you could, I mean, you could really, the debate could be solved here with... Yeah. uh, (laughs) Could take a set. I don't want to break up my formation so I won't be taking a central midfielder love to see it I think I'll leave Valbuena on the board (laughs) a guy that had a whole career and yet is going to be remembered for that picture next to Fellaini where he looks approximately a foot tall or being extorted by Benzema (laughs) 
Either one of those two. I forgot that was him. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Okay, that's all I'm going to remember of him now. Great. Poor guy. Oh, this feels... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't... For some reason, that doesn't seem to be a blemish on Benzema's career now. That seems to be forgotten. This feels very rash and hopeful on my part, but I'm going to take a centre-back and I will take Van Dijk. In what way is that rash? Because the strikers that are left on the board, it's it's hoping that because I think it might I hope be, it does spite you. I think you it might be the most stacked letter at centre forward that we have. V. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad show. So yeah. I mean you've got a fair oh, fairly no, no. decent fine, pile fine, left fine, <laughs> fine. Back, but okay. Brad, who are you taking? Um well I need a centre midfielder and I need someone to uh dig out. Keenan, yeah, sorry. So there's no man better than the guy we've just seen score, um, and that is Paddy V, Patrick Vieira. TK, I'm glad you did that because I would have had a real, real think about putting him in and just going all out with that <laughs> midfield and forgetting about my uh, defence. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Vidic because I need a centre back. Um, not Jan Vertonghen. No, not Jan. I think I have had Virgin maybe both of my last drafts though so I wouldn't want to look like I was just uh, being biased so I'll go with Vidic left left on the board um, I don't think anyone needs a keeper so Van der Sar was left on the board as was Victor Valdez Um, Valencia if you wanted a right back right midfielder Giovanni Van Bronckhorst left on the board yeah Thomas Vermaelen left on the board there's a reason Vinicius Jr. left on the board if you want I mean Arturo Vidal Verratti Valverde Varon Strikers Van Persie Van Nistelrooy David Villa Yes please Jamie Vardy Christian Vieri Yes and that's who I was that close to taking because again after watching the comps I think it's like He's close to 150 goals in like 200 and less than 50 games. Like the goal record is insane. Across yeah, he was, multiple he was the world clubs. record signing for a bit, wasn't he? Because he was just balling out. Another great Pez player as well, by the way. Yeah, so fantastic. Have you ever heard Vieri speak English, by the way? No. It's hilarious. Cause he grew up in Australia and Jesus. then moved to Italy when he was like a teenager. <laughs> So when he speaks English, he's got like an Aussie twang to it. it sounds hilarious. It sounds an Italian guy speaking English, but in an Aussie accent. So if weird. he was to put like a blonde flick in his hair, I could see him looking Aussie as well. Yeah, he definitely. He's got the hair for it. Just needs the streak. I mean, I feel like there's more conversation to be had about the players that weren't selected here than were, to be honest. But do you want to have a word on Vidic, TK? A very good centre. We've not said before. No, a very good centre off. Um, if it wasn't for the some people online making him almost godlike, I'd probably have a little bit more appreciation for him. But uh, because everyone online says he never made a mistake ever, it's tricky. And do you feel the same about Van Dyke? But actually, the man's made quite a lot of mistakes. So <laughs> maybe you can't say that. Funny, is so it? Much. If it carries on. <laughs> was named your captain today. Yeah, I mean, that's, there wasn't too much debate on that one, was there? No, when uh, the rest of him clear off. Yeah. Give him a year. If he has another year like the last one, he'd be off to Saudi. Slim pickings. Should we talk about some of the ones that we didn't pick? Go on. Do you want to start with uh, anything to add on David Villa? I want to have a word about the disrespect Brad showed him. Yeah. 
That's what I want. What disrespect? Because I I've win I got wind of uh I'll read it I'll read it yeah, to you. What you said to him. I said to you about, you know, this is why we're doing it. We have the conversation about uh, Oh, I just said there's a lot of players you could pick ahead of him. Wow, a lot of players ahead of David. I believe you I said like, you weren't even gonna think about him. I just wouldn't mind a little bit of being res- bit of respect being put on his name, that's all. I don't want to put that respect on his name. He's, I'm not sure Veer would get talked about. Yeah, just yeah, that's it. I knew that I knew I would didn't like the wording. That's I've just started putting players next to each letter and I've got four I'd choose over him, he said. Four. Well, yeah, I'd take Van Persie over Veer. I can't really go against that after recent props. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've gone all in. And that would have been my striker option for Veer. Um, you, also, you also take Van Istroy over uh, Van Persie, so... Yeah, well, I would have taken one of those two over Via as my striking options. Vieira, Van der Sar, and then... Sounds like you would have taken Christian Vieri over Villa. Over Villa. For the for the culture, but, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah I, thought, I figured that might be. How close of a conversation is David Villa Fernando Torres? In, uh, in terms of for the national team... I don't think it is a conversation, and it's, it's just David, it's David Villa. And I, in terms of just ability, I think I don't I don't want to say it, but David Villa is probably better than him. Better beard as well, strong beard. It's, it's a handsome pairing. He brought. It's even like a detective, pair detective uh, show. They could be different personalities, but both handsome. Was there any thought do you think in him trying to bring back the Perez? Or was he just bringing in his own style of go-to? Is anyone going to be able to bring that back? Is anyone going to be able to pull it off? I used to tell my mum and my uncle all the time that when I can grow facial hair, <laughs> I'm going to be rocking the Pirates. <laughs> I wish you'd tried it. My, I don't have... The facilities the, for them. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've got hair. I mean, I've not probably got the right type of hair for me to be able to do it. It would look like I've just missed a spot. Yeah, I, I think... For a period of time during his career, David Villa was getting the props. And for some reason, in his retirement, I feel like he hasn't. I think he's he was the standout player in that Spain team. He was the reason they were winning those trophies. He was the main man. 2008, Torres was coming off the bench and trying to steal his shine, wasn't he? Well, Torres is starting games, but struggling a little bit. Villa's getting goals. Villa... Is he injured or suspended? Because I don't think he plays the final and Torres obviously gets the winner. But Villa's still, I think, is he top scorer in that tournament? He certainly is at one of the ones. Uh, maybe more than one. Definitely one. Yeah, he's leading like the line for them. He's He was unbelievable for a period of time. And then obviously, balls out for Barca as well. He's, because Messi's there, you're not going to get the headlines. Yeah. But coming in off that left-hand side for them, when I first watched him, I thought he was just going to be like an out-and-out striker, more of a poacher. So the fact that he could kind of do both, is, I don't know, I think he's a great player. Aren't him, Perlo and Frank playing in New York at the same time? Rings that was a thing, wasn't it? Because they they their kit was basically the Man City kit. Also, yeah. goes from Barca, has a year at Letico, wins the league, fucks off. Which obviously Barca, thankfully, learned their lesson and only did it again with Suarez. <laughs> yeah. Suarez, they just shouldn't have pissed him off, basically, and he probably would have lazed his way. That was a... A revenge campaign, if ever there was one. Still, uh, I was thinking today, how good was Victor Valdez? And I still don't really feel like I know the answer. You know that thing I said about Casillas having a Madrid tax? I have a Barcelona tax. On he me. came to United just to play FA Cup games, didn't he? Yeah. Goes against him, that works Works against Seb Larson for me there. Because the only goal I remember him scoring at United was in the FA Cup 
Villa. Seb Larson. Um, Emmerich. Emmerich Larson. Emmerich Larson yeah. Yeah. Seb Larson was on my list. <laughs> Free, <laughs> kicks. Free kicks. Yeah. yeah. Poor man's James Ward-Prowse. Very much so. I'm looking at um, your team there, TK. And you're you liking might, what you're seeing. You might be in need of Connor Cody if C comes up. <laughs> He's already come up. A bit of a, oh, yeah. a bit of character in there. Probably should have taken it. Right. Someone a bit more lighthearted in the dressing room. Who are we drawing out next? I've got first pick. No, I haven't. I've got set. I've got last pick. P. Okay. Who have the scouts sent out for P? We got some. Mmm. We got some. I've nice... got. Oh, I've got a choice of two here. And this is whether this is really whether I want to have a bit of character and stand on something I've said previously, or just capitulate to what what people want. So you're taking Ricardo Pereira. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite ever name in football is uh, on this letter because I've got Vidic already there to complement that. I'm going to go with PK. That's not the way I thought you were going when you started saying that. It's not the way my heart wants me to go either. Well, that's changed my formation. You wanted a 3-4-1-2, by the way, before you got here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to change my formation to a 4-3-3. And I'm going to take Andrea Perlo. Hang on a minute, because you've got two strikers. Hey, Torres can play from the left. Oh, no, he cannot. Uh, I'm not dirty. sure he's ever played from the left. Who's your other striker? Burkamp. Burkamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we let it slide once with Rory, and that was only because no one else backed me. And that was Suarez out wide, which was slightly more acceptable than yeah, Torres. Yeah, that I'm, was it. I thought he had just about had some leeway. You know, I mean, Suarez out wide. Well, he at least... He's when we not. did 4-3-3, he uh, at least did it... I don't think Suarez even pulled wide, let alone played there. That was my take at the time. Um, but he also did still play wide more than Torres, I would say. And certainly more than Burkamp. No, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So proud you. <laughs> I mean... You can have your pick first while I have a little rethink then. If what do you allowed, mean? I'm not allowed Andrea. I mean, you've got, a, you've got a pick. I can't pick before you. You must have a backup option. This was one of the letters I struggled with, to be honest. <laughs> there we go. That's a bit of honesty. 2,000 years later. And I'll go Pepe. Oof. I thought you already had your centre ass. No. no, just one. You know, he's missing one. Right, let me just update the update the board. I need some nice letters now because I need a left and right winger. That's nice ones to to be coming on to later on. What are you going for then, Byron? I'm going to take a left back, and I'm going to take Carlos Puyol. He's not a left back. I can show you the screen right in front of me and the amount of games he played left back. How if, many have we got? Be, if you want me to break Seven. it down, <laughs> yeah, because he. It's a centre half. I know he played a few at right back as well. Yeah, thirty-five games. Oh, that's, that's grubby. That's a grubby pick. Oh, it's right mid and striker after that, and I'm, I, I could easily take one because I mean, Robert Perez is still yeah, on the board. I say, Ray Parl is still on the board. I could have should, should have taken Perez. Pavel Pogrebenyak still on the board. Claudio Pizarro still on the board. Alexander Pato still on the board. I thought TK might take Kevin Phillips, who's still on the board. My guy. Should have taken Big Nat, shouldn't I? Emmanuel Petit Be- still on the board. Did you say Pogrebniak within that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah my favourite my favorite name ever in football. Pavel Pog- I, I tried to get... He went to 
I'm going to say Stuttgart. And I tried to order a shirt and the lettering was the lettering. They were charging by the letter. So that was ruled out pretty swiftly. Scored against us in the uh, 7-5 game against Reading. You're not taking Jan Venegor of Hesselink as your favourite name ever? No. It's a great name. Sounds like a Lord of the Rings character, doesn't he? <laughs> I feel quite secure in the... I thought you were going to take Poyol over, over PK. Yeah, so I I do think he's he's better than PK. But uh, I think Vidic and PK is a nice partnership. Vidic and Poyol, we might we might have a clash there. A bit slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've said my pit, so I can't change anyway. But Perez and Fabregas would be a nice one. Pepe and Ferdinand might be that. Oh, I don't like. I don't like that we're all basically in for the same position. Yeah, so. yeah, we're hunting for the same sort of position. I here. thought for sure that wouldn't be a thing because well, it especially hasn't been the way thing. we all started. Yeah, it hasn't been a thing in any other draft that that we've done. I thought Brad's burning from the back. I was gone with a striker early. I thought right, we sound. We've all ended up with wingers, have we? Perfect. All yeah, right. I did. similar thing with um, Villa. I think Puyol's career has probably been somewhat overlooked a little bit in terms of how good he was. Do you think it is over in their countries? Do you think it's just because of where we are that we just don't see the props they're getting? Maybe, but then obviously the thing with Puyol is obviously it's towards the latter stage of his career that Spain are getting good. He's obviously, he's definitely in 2008. I think he's in 2010. don't think he is by 2012. So he's obviously phasing out. Ramos is becoming a lot more prominent. Ramos and PK are obviously the guys. I just wondered if in that respect... He's not talked about quite as much. And there's, you've obviously got the Barcelona sort of Catalan thing, potentially, as he's seen as more of a Barcelona icon than a Spain one. I don't know. Someone yeah. who... PK comes in and wins every single trophy that there is to win internationally. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I just wondered if... Yeah, it feels like he isn't talked about. When we talk about great defenders of that era, I feel like if I said Puyol is my centre-back, you'd be like, what? Whereas I, I think I've said, oh, I don't think he's worse than Ramos I think but it's just Ramos has just got a little bit more sort of yeah, cachet on his name does Ramos not play as a right back in the in the 2008 one definitely yeah. does yeah 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 I think he does so I think they Puyol and Pique are the, are the centre-backs so. Pepe in with Rio is a nasty mix for Brad that's nice mate Pepe going to win it Rio just reading the game two picks left uh, TK and I've got first pick for this next one so make it a good one please God. Oh. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. So at least one of the letters I wanted is is being left off the board. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Here we are. What positions have you got left? Striker and a winger. So I'm going to take Michael Owen. Bastard. On that basis, I'll take Meza Ozo and play him from the left of my midfield. You're not getting much economy down that side. I'll warn you. <laughs> He's going to tuck in and get Carlos bombing okay. the pass. I think, you, I think you end up shifting skulls left in that situation. We don't. Not against a uh, midfield of Keane and Yaya Torre, we don't. We keep skulls in there just to foul people. Can't lie to you, I'm in a lot of trouble now. I'm in a lot of trouble. I, I would say, not to give you advice, but you've got, a free, you've got a free run at strikers for the next round. So if yeah, yeah. H or R come out, then <laughs> you're in a very good position. Yeah, that's There's it. There's a certain Arsenal captain you might be interested by. I'm not. I'm not sure he fits in TK's team. There, you're not. He's not shifting him uh, wide right. Hey, that's where he started his career, wide right. Yeah, it took him a while to get here. So, what do you need? Winger and striker. He needs yeah, 
that, that isn't strictly true. I mean, you can shift it if, if you... If I'm going 4 three, three, I've only got Keenan Torrey as my midfield. Yeah, I've assumed you were. So four, I'm going to have, as the third part of that equation, Odegaard. Not Reese Opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention that name in front of Byron. If you say that three times in a bathroom, Byron appears. <laughs> you know, I can't believe you haven't gone for your boy, Divock Origi. Hey, look where his career went afterwards. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'd be honest... Once you always set Michael Owen and Ozil off the uh, board, Pickens were starting to get a little bit slim. I considered Oscar at one point. I think you've, Martin Odegaard is a, is a nice addition. You've linked up with JJ Kotcher previously. I have. Um, I know you're a Danny Olmo man. <laughs> Useful player. And I was looking at Mark Overmars. Yes, I was, but... Um, but it felt a bit after I've turned down Perez. Then if I'd taken over Mars, it would have felt a bit too grubby for me. Yeah, I should have. Paid. I, I was considering Odegaard or uh, over Mars, and I thought whatever I get with the next letter, I hopefully I'm going to be able to flip a winger out of that. I wondered if I was going to be able to get a midfield piece that was going to be complementary to what I've already got. Right. Keenan Torrey and there just behind my Odegaard. It's just it's just lovely. So me and Brad both need. Well, we all need. Uh, a wing it now basically going into the last round here we go there there's one letter that would sort all parties here but we'll see we'll see what comes out it's tense A oh we I didn't missed, need that we've missed out on a Ronaldinho conversation yeah, a that, Ronaldo conversation we should have fixed it so R came out for sure <laughs> that it's a miss isn't it We've missed out on a Messi conversation, an Mbappe conversation. I wanted ends to come up and have a conversation about Paul Nedved. Levi Colwell, new contract agreed, so there's your breaking news for the podcast. There we go. And I've got last pick, so we're all going for... Uh, what letter are we on again? A. Fuck me. Yeah, it's uh, not easy, A, either, is it? You, I, think I would have thought... I remember looking at this one thinking I thought I'd have better options than I do out of these lots. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with... I know what you're going to do. You don't know what I'm about to do. I do. You don't have a clue what I'm about to do. I'll type it in on my laptop, and then if it is at the end, then I'll turn it around like it's like a David Blaine thing. <laughs> All right. No, I... you're not going to do what I thought you were going to do. <laughs> He's panicked already. I'm going to go with, and he did this when he was at Chelsea, I'm going to go with Nicholas and Alka. Okay. I'm going to have him off the left and I'm going to have Figo off the right. Okay. Just to add another problem to my dressing room. This is a real struggle for me here because right wingers just aren't great. <laughs> not when their surname begins with the letter A. Hey, look, and no, Alma, I'm not Alma taking. Ron. That's actually one of the ones <laughs> I was considering. It. Jesus. This <laughs> is uh, not great, but I'm going to take. I mean, it's going to be a bit niche for us. Um, it was the very start of my football knowledge, um, and mainly because my dad was a Spurs fan. Um, but Darren I'll take Anderson. Darren Anderson. Oh, fuck oh, me. Sick note himself. Well, I now need to ask the panel, really, for some adjudication. Oh, here we go. Me and Brad started a conversation about this earlier that we didn't finish. Is Alexis falling under A or S? S. I would have, yeah, I would have said S, I'm afraid. That does make things more difficult. I've just had a quick look to see if Adriano played one game out wide. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't. 
I'm quite happy. I love that for him. That they said, no, you are going up front. You're not doing anything else. So really, I, I could have taken over Mars and uh, Adriano, but instead we've taken Owen and... Yeah. Hey, look, that's the beauty of the draft. It can go like that. I would admire the sheer hypocrisy if you put Anthony in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I'm down to uh, Andrea Charvin. And Jeremy Aliadia. Or Aubameyang. One of the worst options. And I think I'm going to take Arshavin. You're not going to take best player in the world, Marco Arnautovic. I'm not. (laughs) A was one that would have been very handy if it had come out right at the start. He could have taken Trent. You could have taken... I'd have taken Danny Alves, I think. If I was yeah. going to take a right back, Danny Alves was mine because it had, had a bit more carrots. <laughs> I uh, only on the pitch, okay. I was thinking. I'm not earlier, taking uh, everything else. Did Alves ever play right wing? <laughs> I was thinking earlier. <laughs> what happens if A comes out and someone picks him? <laughs> what? Well, that well, doesn't seem to be being spoken about with Danny Alves. By the way, he again. I don't know. People don't seem to. I will. It also have some hesitation because he is top of my right backboard. <laughs> yeah, they be giving me that. All that said about him, you still go, well, I'm not going to play Trent, am I? <laughs> I'll tell you, the way I was clutching here, um, Charles Aranguiz is uh, on my central midfielder list and the fun names committee, Roberto Abondanzieri is on my goalkeeping <laughs> list. But I'm going to go with Arshavin who... I feel a lot better about after seeing Darren Anderton's name come out. Great player. <laughs> he plucks for him. I there. probably should have put Alves at right back and moved Lam to right midfield, to be honest, but you make rash decisions when you put under pressure. That's the that's the beauty of the draft. You can you can get tilted into a pick. Or oh, there's, just, Jay. Or, or there's just no uh no options left and you end up with a Chris Sandler. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> I'd have preferred Jay and get Joaquin in there. Yes. He was top of my Jay options. I'm glad you came back with yourself because when you came at me asking for a J earlier, I was like, I'm not helping you on this because I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got Joaquin and I'm looking at Joe. I'm looking at Man City Joe. I was putting part G song as beginning with J. There was another contentious one. Yeah. And then I had uh, Juan Fran in case I needed a fullback. Do you know the only <laughs> do you know the only reason I think of Juan Fran? There was a phase where you couldn't mention him without people saying it like Goff. <laughs> and this was a regular thing that he was tagged in there's worse people to be compared to yeah Jay was a rough one I think I was going for Jaskalainen or uh, I was just going to sing Jota on the wing maybe not a bad option I was going to make the Luka Jovic case as well or or we go back to Jorginho alright let's take you through the teams start with Brad Oliver Kahn Roberto Carlos, Rio Ferdinand, Pepe and Philip Lahm. Ertzil, Paul Scholes, Patrick Vieira and Darren Anderton. Torres, <laughs> and, Ber- Torres and Burkamp. TK, Buffon. Ashley Cole, Vidic, Gerard Piquet and Loren. Erdegaard, Colo and Roy Keane. Cool. Anelka, Figo and no, yeah, Suarez. Yeah, yeah, I feel surely. Did, I, did I say Colo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Instinct. Um, got a song in my head I've not got past the eye yet um, who was your front three sorry Figo Figo and Nalka and Suarez Suarez and Nalka could be could be toxic I've got some clashes in that just there's no getting around it 
Cas- I've got Casillas, Carlos Puyol, Benucci, Van Dijk, and Turam. Arshavin, Lampard, Fabregas, Xhaka, Owen, and Shevchenko. Did you throw Xhaka in there? Kaka. Did I say Xhaka? Xhaka. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you um, playing a 4-4-2? Monday, yeah, 4-4-2, yeah. Kaka and who out wide? Arshavin. Okay. Arshavin did stay out wide. It just wasn't best for no. his career. Although, gets the last assist of Thierry Omri's uh, Premier League career against Sunderland in the game when I saw the true meaning of the bigger they are, the harder they fall as per Mertesacker went down and it took like 10 minutes for him to hit the deck. <laughs> like a tree. Literally. Talking of permits. Who did you say your strikers were? Owen Shevchenko. Fucking hell. Not bad, Poaching. Talking of Matt Mertesacker, Chelsea have just signed the Sassy, who is the only centre-back ever to be slower than both Maguire and Per Mertesacker. I've seen that signing getting cooked overnight. I saw that... Great his, stuff from Chelsea. I, I keep saw giving. that his highest recorded speed last season was slower than uh, Weggy as well. Oh, no. Yeah, Weggy's quicker than Maguire. Come on, everyone knows that. <laughs> well, I, tell, I think with Maguire, it didn't used to be that he was slower. I thought it was like... Was that... Or was it, When he was at Leicester, I don't remember that being a thing. No. Yeah, but they, but they, they didn't they get exposed as much, did it? They like He was called a ball player and sent them out then as well, and now he's being bullied by Onana. So, yeah, things change. You're having to do a lot of fitting in with your team. You're, you're, some of your players are having to compromise a lot. They've gone for the City 4 centre-ass. Duran played left-back as well, didn't he? So you could yeah, Duran played across the platform. Yeah. I got Duran right-back. Yeah, yeah you've got, he played yeah. right Puyol left-back egregiously. All right, I think we have to leave it there because me and TK have still got the boxing to get into and I don't think anyone wants a three-hour episode. It's another successful draft under the belt. It is. Well, we'll we'll either bring one of these back for uh, the next international break or we'll uh, do something savage like ranking the top 10 centre-backs in the league or something and just wait for someone to put Van Dijk in like ninth and see how that goes. Watch me combust. Not me, but I feel like... Watch me burst into flames on the pod. Darren Anderton is a great pick. (laughs) Or we do the best right-backs in the league and I make the Ben White of a Trent case. Which I do believe. To be fair, if we have a first half of the season like last year, <laughs> it's going to be tough for me to fight. Lavia is going to go, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, BM10, adios. Cheers, boys. Brad's moved on. We mentioned it last week. We will get on to Spence Crawford. TK, we gave this the big sell last week. We were splitting our predictions in... The fight actually played out in such a way that I actually think we were both wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the right winner for those asking, but the way this went down was far and away from anything that we could have dreamt going in. I don't think if you were on Team Crawford, you could have expected it to have been have as much of it your own way as this went. No, and of course, they're going to say afterwards, I kind of think you maybe have to have that level of confidence. Like you prepare for it to be tough, but you have to be that confident that I'm that much better than him. And One of the fascinating things about the build-up I thought was that you saw two men and two teams like utterly convinced they were winning. You could see not a shadow of doubt within them, but also knowing just how good the other guy was at the same time. It was an odd thing. Sometimes when you watch the guys, you think, is he fully confident? You couldn't doubt that on this. Or you go sometimes, well, he's overlooking the other guy. There was none of either of those things. 
Which was kind of added to the build-up, I guess. Something Crawford figured out in the build-up, which I've been saying for boxers for God knows how long, make whatever bets you want because they never get agreed. Yeah. So yeah. the second Spence was like, shit, we, we can bet 100K. And Crawford's like, let's bet a mil. <laughs> if Spencer said a mil, he could have said, let's bet 10 mil. Yeah, exactly. And keep going up. he looks better. And also, what are you going to do? <laughs> keep calling this the bet. never gets keep the, closest, the closest we've had was the Jake Paul Fury one, which Fury fumbled the bag by literally not signing it. Over. Yeah. And then asked, yeah, yeah. afterwards said, hang on a minute. I'm a gypsy, and so we don't sign contracts for bets. We agreed it. Now pay me my money. <laughs> and he's got a KSI fight out of it. So Spence had a decent first round, just a little busier than Crawford, you'd say. And he was mm. doing pretty similar in the second round. The The way my brain works in these, like after a round and a half, I thought, shit, we spoke last week about maybe the, busy, the, the activity was going to be it. That's it. He's <laughs> cooked. And then very quickly, his world came crashing down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right, that was the only, that was the last bit of success he would have. It was that first round and first half of the second one. And then as soon as that shot went down, not a huge shot. Well, no, because I, I was saying to you, oh, it's just a flash knockdown. And Crawford referred to it as much after the fight. So that was just a flash knockdown. And then you said, his legs are his legs are yeah. wobbly. When we saw him get back up, it's like, oh, he's a bit shakier than you might expect there. And I thought he was hanging in at the end of that round, really. People kind of overlook that now. Well, Crawford didn't seem to realise he was hurt initially. And I think he lands one and he, there's a bit of a stumble and then he seems to go, oh shit. Yeah. And he yeah, tries yeah. to stick it on him, but there's like five seconds left. He's knocked down then twice more in the seventh before Harvey Dock steps in. I don't think many would have argued if he'd stepped in sooner. There was a couple of occasions. So we said when the stoppage happened, no real issue with it. But if you're stopping it for that, you could have stopped it in like the fifth, the sixth, the yeah. seventh. Yeah, yeah. So what happens here is Crawford, 35 years old, basically, it does sometimes go like this. His toughest opponent, and it's his best performance. Like he, he made that look easier than he did, like the Amir Khan fight, for example. Yeah, or the Porter fight, or whatever. Where you go, this is hardest test. I mean, there's rising to the occasion, and then there's what we saw on Saturday. I, I was trying to. I don't know that I've seen anything like that really in terms of something that I thought was so equal going in. I yeah. was so emphatically one way. I had a couple of messages yesterday. Say, is it the best performance you've seen? And I was like. That feels strong to say, but I also can't think of something else that I would put alongside it. I was thinking that the only reason I'm reluctant to say it is because I'm always reluctant to go with the latest thing is the best thing just because we have a tendency to do that, right? But I think Floyd, within some of his performance, you would have a moment where you'd be like, oh, this guy's just a different level to everyone else. But at the same time, I don't remember going into any fight with him where I thought it was as 50-50 as this one. So So when he separated himself from the pack it wasn't that surprising to you. Whereas the way Crawford dominated this from pretty much the jump is, I mean, you're talking in, in all sporting context, I, I'm struggling to think of a more masterful yeah. performance in every facet. I remember watching back the Canelo performance and mm-hmm. that being really the first time I'd seen someone break down almost a full fight in slow motion and the the, the sheer like yeah. game of inches of it being that kind of beautiful to look back on. And then in terms of just 
everything coming together. I think Floyd Gatti is the one that stands out in my mind. It's, but then, if you I could would, have designed a fighter for Floyd to do that to, Gatti would have been the exactly. Guy, so it? this is where it, the the difference is. I don't know. It's just I've always maintained that if if we had been watching this live, I think we would have looked at because we would have been thinking of the context with which this fight happened at the time. Floyd and Corrales would have been. I think seen as the fight that makes Floyd and is maybe his most impressive. I think, I think Carlos was undefeated at that point. Size of him, the skill that he had, obviously the toughness and power that he also had and the way Floyd just deals with him, I think might have been the one I would submit as the contender to this if you were to go with the um, so with the Crawford one. But again, I, I still, even though Carlos is different to how he's thought of now in terms of a live threat, um, it's still not Crawford Spence where we were, you know, he was a genuine pick Yeah, for those that perhaps aren't as familiar with the two fighters, it's probably the equivalent of, in their prime, one of Mayweather and Pacquiao doing this to the other. Yes, yeah, exactly. And we get an equally one-sided fight when it does happen, but by no means in the same manner. After Spence had, what I thought, kind of fought through the worst patch in the seventh. I was thinking, okay, Crawford really needs to put, if you can just put a stamp on this. And I think the only real disappointment for him would be that he didn't get to flatline him, to be honest, because that would have been the stamp on it yeah. that you can that you can look on. But I mean, something with this, with... From his bank balance point of view, it's probably useful because you can still just about yeah. have a rematch now. And with how helpless Spence was looking that maybe adds more to it. It was just everything from the power where going in, I would have still, despite recent form, had Spence down as the power puncher of the two of them. I think that's something we we spoke about last week and you raised the point that Crawford perhaps hits harder than Mm -hmm. maybe Spence thinks. The footwork, the fact that he came out southpaw was just a show of, the level he is and the show of confidence before a punch even been thrown to draw that your whole camp on the basis that we can take away your best attribute and then me fighting outside of my best will work against you've got nothing after that the the skill level to be able to do that but then the confidence to be able to do it and also there's a strangely almost like a humility to that as well because most fighters like him will just go, well, I'll just go in and do my usual thing. I don't need to specify it for a camp. And uh, he works just taking away everything from Errol and then maximising his own. It's It was incredible. I mean, even the way in the post-fight interview, immediately afterwards, bearing in mind, this is, and it's all going on, They were talk- he was talking about his jab and about how we worked on a different jab on this one. It was going to be more spiteful. Yeah. It was going to be used as almost a power punch. And, you know, that broke Spence up. I'm not sure I've seen confidence like that, to be honest since Floyd in just everything he says I genuinely believe that there's no bluster at all yeah absolutely and even I'm sure we're going to get onto it him having I don't know if it's the wherewithal or just who he is to set up the Charlo fight while the Spence fight is still going on because Charlo can get battered by Canelo now and we still want to see that fight at 154 yeah 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 it's that was um Bear in mind, he's doing the your next thing in the second round when he's put Spence down. It's not even at the end when he knows he's got him. He's doing that. That is just 
a level of confidence that is just through the roof. In terms of um, how lucrative a fight is, what do you think the comparison would be for Charlo? So, would how much money would he be leaving on the table if he said, "I want that fight now"? I Canelo, no. Yeah, I mean he's a lot of money. Only because I, I don't. I'm thinking of the the money from the Canelo fight being the fight where we're saying, I want to see Canelo in there with that guy. And I have to think the money is different for that kind of fight compared to, like, McGregor Aldo is different money to McGregor Chad Mendes, and it's both the McGregor fight. Yeah. I don't know what the difference would be for him. But- I think there's a pretty substantial difference because as much as Crawford's done a good job of setting this up, and especially to us boxing fans as a wider audience is a bit of a struggle and also they were saying it was a bit of a struggle for a wider and I didn't care that it was a struggle for a wider audience for Spence Crawford I was that whole thing of like the commercial value was like, I don't care this is a great fight but that's had years at least of sort of brewing along him and Charlo hasn't really I was surprised so, by how many people mentioned it to me really around the weekend yeah I didn't I didn't see a lot of sort of and the usual traffic that I would expect some of not all of them and it was to be fair it was more so after the fight Okay. So it was more so, uh, was that as good as I'm seeing it spoken about as, or, or okay, just. So implying that they didn't watch, though. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the interest around that. You, so. I would have expected a little bit more sort of footfallers in Friday night or some point on Saturday, people messaging you going, have you got a link? And all the usual stuff of, um, or how do I buy it or whatever. Whereas people didn't fully seemed to buy it. It kind of could have gone under th- the radar and people could have genuinely not known it was happening. I do think for the for the casual fan, um, the worst enemy of boxing is the UFC being on free TV in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually, if you're putting a fight on at that time and you've got to pay for it, it's because nothing else is on. When you have not just a UFC card, but what's being sold to you as a big UFC card on at the same time on BT Sport, it's kind of a I also, no conversation. I also know this is um, going to be totally relevant to them. But if you want to flog pay-per-views over here, do it during the football season. Because that BT and Sky Sports promo between every football game just forces people into it. You know, I've had people like asking about like an Anthony Yard fight because BT just don't stop shoving it down your throat. So people would have bought into this and look, we know you don't need much invite for people to sort of claim they're sort of experts. So they would be like, oh, this is the best fight in boxing, isn't it? It's kind of, all you have to do is be told that in a few adverts and, and people will jump on board. Yeah, that's easy. a fair point. But because you don't have, yeah, you're outside of the football season, people aren't getting that. Yeah, because I said to a couple of people, um, mainly to kind of, build up the intrigue where it's like what are you watching this weekend or big fight well yes the biggest fight since 2017 or whatever it was oh who's that then and I said Crawford Spence what's and I just have to say like well to wait and that's that's the main selling point really Um, yeah yeah. and just should be a banger is to go to for (laughs) if you want to reel people in but well, yeah, I mean, the, the the traction afterwards, um, they say all the right things. Maybe if they had actually shit talked to each other a bit more in the build up, then it would have done. Yeah, I like. I push back on the idea that they would have on fight week. I don't think it would have made much difference. But maybe in, as a longer build up, they could have done. But even the the McGregor tweet about no, actually, this because he 
for you, didn't he? I love that. Great respect. And then literally within minutes said, actually, that's killed the entire buzz of this. I wanted them yeah. fighting or whatever on, on the way in. I was like, I don't think you'd have got more people buying in as a result of that. Personally. I like Crawford's shit talk that he doesn't believe to be shit talk. In his mind, I'm just being honest. You asked me a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so after the point I sent you, I think, where he basically said, he caught me with a shot in the second round and I was like, is this it? Well, now you're in trouble. Basically. It's going to be a long night for yeah. him. Like, that's a great line. Well, even when he said in the build-up, um, I don't need to trash him. My, my hands are going to do that or something. And it was, oh. I, th- I thought they both... It's just not not trying hard at anything, uh, as regardless of what you're told when you're younger is the coolest thing that anyone can sure. anyone can do and in this case there was no predetermined lines there was there was some stuttering there was some like I loved how real. they were both themselves I think they've both got interesting characters if you just don't need someone throwing a table I think if you are you happy to delve a little bit deeper on that they got a great personality that did mesh well I thought I thought the personality did mesh and as much as people wanted maybe a little bit more hype I thought Considering you knew you had a premium product in terms of the fight, and you, I thought you still got enough of your sort of trash. If you did want that in the press conference, because like you said, they were there was nothing false about it. They were no. both being themselves. There was no like wincing at oh, did he just say that line? I don't think he meant that. It's- Do you know how much you have to believe in yourself that in a fight of that magnitude, someone solely picking the other person is that offensive to you? Yeah, Crawford yeah. being that offended, him calling out Ellie Setback in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he went in. It's, you never just think that person will win. It's you want that person to win. I saw you wanted them to win. Yeah, yeah. I did think he did a little bit that thing they all do, though, don't they? Where like, any doubt of them is like personal disrespect. I, I think in the case of him, though, he has been at various points. Bob Arum is the. Blacklisted that, yeah. by parts of. Like other promotion just haven't mentioned him and then the one he should have turned his back on yeah his own promotion like top rank just did a, largely a horrible job with him well they said that it 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 wasn't worth the money to put on the fight yeah like while they, just publicly slandered him whilst he was his fighter while they were putting on Lomachenko fights by the way yeah 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 so um, by the way if you're not if he's not well enough promoted that's partly on you as well he could do more of, of course but you yeah, could because then he was like well I'll promote him and he was like uh, maybe not actually <laughs> Well, it was a weird one from her and his rabid honesty raised like, I don't have any fights for him. I was like, that doesn't normally stop you. No, and sometimes you have to take the losses on those fights. Like Golovkin, they must have taken a loss on his first like to 15 to, fights. Yeah, well, they needed to. Yeah. In terms of the performance, in terms of the style, it was one of them. He can now face someone that even we don't believe he'll beat next, but the performance was that, that I think people were tuning in anyway to see what's this guy going to do next. Coming out with Eminem was a masterstroke. I actually quite liked in hindsight that there wasn't some out of tune rapping over Agreed. the top of it. It rarely works. So I him, it was better the way Him just being there was enough of a thing. So, uh, like Literally it happening basically overnight, from talking to it happening. Even, you know, the fishing net the thing, even big fish get caught on the back of his robe. It was just like, he just didn't put a foot wrong in or out of the ring. Like, if he could have designed that night, it couldn't have gone better. 
No, because if he caught him, written it. if he'd caught him cold early, then people may have used that. Lucky as well. punch or whatever, but this was a systematic breakdown. CompuBox stats, which take with a pinch of salt sometimes. But it suits us on this occasion. 185 of 369 punches thrown, 50.1%. <sighs> 98 of 163 power shots, 60.1%. <sighs> Spence landed 96 of 480 punches, yeah, 33 of 296 jabs, mm. 11.1%. And really what Spence does, pressures you moving forward with the jab, backs you up, and then yeah. he's heavy-handed enough for most people. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, Crawford just took away everything from him, took away that jab so he couldn't ever establish himself. Spence's timing was off, but you can probably put that down to Crawford's footwork. And also, once he got caught coming in, I think that's what Crawford would have looked to do, is like, I've got to catch him early coming in so he knows he can't do that. But then even, you know, you talk about the skill with the jab, then the backhand was doing damage as well. But even just the way, the simple things, like the way he just kept his right hand up, just so tight that every time Spence tried to get around with the left, couldn't do anything. And he was physically stronger than that as well, which was the confusing thing. I think that would have been what probably rattled Spence the most, was the in-close, it looked like Crawford could, at the worst, hold his own, and at best, push him around. And after the second when he got dropped, the third, Spence comes out and he tries to do, okay, I have to get some respond. respect back. Yeah. And he lands one, and then he goes for another, and Spence and Crawford so quick that he buzzes him after it. And I think we were talking about it must be the the first knockdown in the seventh round where Spence is so worried about being caught by the jab that he presses his head into Crawford's and he still creates the space to hook him. Yeah. Catches his jaw, drops him where he stands, lands another on the way down. It's just insane. The whole team is just ridiculous. I I, I love it as well when it's not a big team it's not like it's like cool when Canelo wins but you've got this big team and I know he's come through with Canelo and all of that but it's held up as like he's got a big team there You all these people go to him and Bomac just being a duo it feels like Bomac probably may never have another fighter of note it might just be him and Crawford are just they're just that match well people tried to go to Enzo Calzaghi didn't they because of what had happened with Joe yeah and it just turned out that they he just, could be a good trainer, but those two had the the bond and the connection. Perfect, and, yeah. yeah, and it that's quite it's cooler when it's like that. Yeah, if you fair. can get it, it's it's absolutely great. The UFC, we watched up until Derek Lewis, then paused, watched the boxing, airplane moded it, came back and watched Blavich. Uh, Potan and uh, Gaethje, Dustin. If we start with the main event, Gaethje made a statement, set on yeah. a score, got a new shiny belt in the process. Another competitive first round, but I watched it back last night. It's about as good a first round as Gaethje can ever have. Like he was back in his Tony Ferguson bag of, he was just skirting along the fence and he's really good in the variety of shots he can land off there. I read a breakdown in the build-up and they said the worst thing for Dustin is when he has to be the one pressuring himself yeah. moving forward. He's so good at counter-striking and let you make the mistake and fire back over the top. And Gaethje was kind of just aggressive when he needed to be. He didn't ever really press forward. The few times he did, he was landing leg kicks. 
I said to you, in, uh, I think it was the end of the first round, he's getting that head kick up quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure he'd ever thrown one before. He says he threw one in the physique fight. It's not, I don't remember it. No. He gets one up in the middle of the first round that gets blocked. He gets another that kind of glances at the end of the second round. But he said, I just felt so calm in there that it didn't matter if I tried it before or not. It was just, his corner just say to him, go and do what you want to do. If you want to feel like throwing a head kick, don't hesitate, throw it. Nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Well, for so long we've been talking with him, hasn't it? That if he can keep calm and he can keep disciplined, then he's just going to be so much better. As much as we like the wild man and the violence, you can be that guy, but also curtail it and bring your skills into play a lot more. And it seems like that's what Penny's dropped. If you look at his last two fights, really, I mean, if he, if he loses them, what does he do? And now... Well, he was underdog in the physique fight. Exactly, underdog a significant underdog as well. And if you look at the way he started that, that speed, I remember like, Jesus, this could be a horrible night for the him. funny thing is that... He turned his career around, really. The Khabib fight, and if he fights Makachev, that's probably where being the wild man is actually the way to win Yeah, those yeah, fights. you're probably right, yeah. But in terms of this one, I was so happy with this because I'd never seen Gaethje until he came into the UFC. And I remember the hype. It, they used to do... Um, the ultimate fight finale and then I think they did like a big pay-per-view the next day so it may even have been just before it may have been the day before Eddie Connor it was certainly around that time or it was around one of the Connor fights they do the ultimate fight so they get a fight on the finale I think it was and it's the Michael Johnson fight mm. smashes it as an absolute war and it was like I need to see this guy again tomorrow <laughs> and every fight since then and it was just so nice when someone puts their body I know they all put their body on the line but when he puts his body on the yeah, line yeah, yeah. the way he spoke after losing to Eddie I think it would have been where he said look I've got like four fights left I can't keep doing this to myself I, yeah, I want to yeah, have yeah. A, a life later on and then he beat Barboza first round knockout Actually, this would have been after the this would have been after the first Poirier fight. Beats Barboza first round knockout, James Vick first round knockout, and he was like, "Well, they don't actually count because it's like Tarantino not counting Kill Bill too yeah. because he's <laughs> gonna get one more in." Yeah, and then he just went on this run, got to the belt, lost to Khabib, as he says, Khabib had just lost uh, his dad, like he wasn't losing to anyone. I mean, that night that performance was just out of this world from Khabib, wasn't it? Builds back up. Gets the fight with Charles. Worst performance I've seen him have. He just got hit once and his entire composure just went. Yeah, one of the dumbest performances he made, he's done. Yeah, I was so angry after that. And then he wins you back. He does this to Fiziv, does this to Dustin. That head kick. One of those ones where, like, for that split second where it lands, you just have that shock of, oh, fuck. And then you. I can't remember the last. Everything goes quiet for a second, and then you just go mad. I can't remember the last KO that got me on my feet like that. Probably would have been Leon Edwards, to be fair. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that was like hands on head and again, Salt Lake City, but... Do you went, about that place. Did you think they went overboard with the comparison between the two kicks? Like, I have to think that's a fairly common thing. You you fake the yeah the jab and... I, it looked I mean, good side by side. Yeah, I mean, DC Spears basically saying like it was spooky. I was like, I don't know if I'd say it was spooky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's it very similar, yeah. Um, as you said, as Usman's... Um, Gage's 
teammate. I think it was a bit odd. <laughs> just kind of really just constantly going it as like, well. It's, it's because Dana Dana's done this big thing, and you see it now with um, Al Jermaine and Morab. Well, he basically just says, "You're in the UFC. You don't have teammates. So yeah, if I want yeah. you to fight your teammate, you should fight them." And they they do it at the moment where so the Ultimate Fighter uh, I've been I just watched the fights. So I don't watch the build up, but two guys who've been training together for four weeks. I think I said eight weeks actually. Dana seems perplexed that they aren't kicking each other's heads in in the same way. So the first round, it's it's like a spa basically, mm-hmm. and Dana's like, "That's not all we want in the UFC. We want people to go out there to win." And it's, and so that's what he thinks it's going to be. And so I think his idea that they should have that much affection for each other, that they can't acknowledge someone's been knocked out in the UFC. I think he genuinely is a bit like, he can't yeah. understand it. Mm. Gaethje gets a little cut in there. We thought that might trouble him in the moment, blinks it out and then kind of gets back to business. He has a little moment, doesn't he? Where he just swings, gets himself out of the little like thing. And then he his composure. He, he was quoted afterwards, which I liked, and he said, this is awesome, but other than legacy, it doesn't do anything near as much as a world championship belt. I think this catapults either one of us, the winner of this fight, into that title fight, and that's all that it means. So, I just like, he had something to hang on his mantelpiece, basically. He's got a cool little thing, and then... I think he fits the bill for it as well. I said on the night, I think, BMS, there's, it sounds fucking mad because they're all obviously fucking bad men if you get in there, but he just seems like he fits the criteria perfectly as well. They keep trying to set up that McGregor fight for him and he just isn't biting. No, no. no. Once upon a time, I think he would have been all over it. And now Did you see his quote? So he said, they've offered him that fight six times and he's turned it down six times. Um, I wouldn't take me either and I've just won a fight. I think you have to lose a fight to get the McGregor one. So <laughs> He also nice. said... I've never failed a drugs test in my career. I've no... Not taking on someone on steroids, he yeah. said, didn't he? Which is... Uh... Well, the... I mean, we all kind of knew it anyway, and then he wants to blame Darren Till for blowing up his spot there, really. Yeah, so... yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when the shape of your head changes, it's usually a pretty clear indication that... Yeah, and your whole body type shifts, it's a bit... But, I mean, the guy doesn't isn't winning fights at a family funeral anymore. So... <laughs> Maybe I was a bit disheartened when I saw him again. Just picture of him at his bar drinking again. Like that's not that, so. This whole tough series, he's drinking like the whole way through. Yeah, that's not that's not ideal. It's bringing him in. So the last one, I I saw the bit just before the main fight, and he goes to the fight just to show them what an Irish stew is, and he's pouring like four cans in there, and one of them says, oh, "I kind of like the idea of it, but." before it settles in your mouth all you can taste is the beer and it's not really like not really wild and Connor's like this is brilliant I'll put four cans in this fuck's sake elsewhere on the card we thought Pereira was a bit fortunate to get past or at least contentious decision I thought a draw was I thought the striking from prayer at the end of round two, one in the round, but I also thought if you're on your back mm. for four minutes, 50 seconds of the first, then probably, that's probably a 10-8. And then the third, I know Rory said he thought Blavich won the third. I couldn't see an argument for that. No. To be honest. No, I thought Pereira won the two, so it depends on how you see that first round, of whether it's a 10-8 or not. On the balance of it, if you go, like, someone has to win this, I think he's right that Pereira won it. I thought he showed more intent. I thought Jan 
was probably pretty gassed after the first round, really. Maybe that resting well, also got to him. The, the elevation thing, and we were waiting for it and it didn't really affect any of the other fights. No, no. So I, I think for the way that Pereira, bear in mind he's survived the adversity of that round where you'd look at him and go, well, he's never going to be able to wrestle for very long. So if you do that, once he gets back up, he's going to be fine. His legs look so heavy, didn't they? He's got the weirdest like reserve gas tank because you look at him Round and you four, think, yeah. yeah and you think right he's got to be fucked and then he just seems to find another another gear you look at that guy and you go massive guy like him he's going to be gas he's talking about going back down to 185 yeah that's he said if I fight Sizzy again it has to be at that weight because they're 1-1 there he doesn't want to beat him at a, a higher weight yeah he's he can't get back to that weight that's just ridiculous it, it probably isn't a lot of fun for him to make like heavy no. so don't be going get yourself well, back no, when you're middle. putting on like 20 pounds overnight that tells yeah. me you're severely dehydrated yeah. get yourself a shot of that title and then go from there yeah him jerry that might be the most bonkers fight i think i've ever heard yeah perfect perfect storyline with the with the glover thing even if you didn't have the storyline just those two is a style made in uh heaven it's i'll be honest Jan's a nice guy, but it's worked out well in terms of how that's worked. Yeah. And then, just finally, I guess, a highlight of the night, Derek Lewis, flying knee. And then that acceleration. It was a perfect way to see us into Spence Crawford, actually. Perfect way to, for us to pause the UFC and jump into that. I saw someone say he's earned another three main event slots with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And absolutely. they're all going to be horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every... That's the, the Derek Lewis price. For every moment like that, you've got to have three or four stinkers. Yeah. Well, I think that just about does because we've gone over two and a half hours here. So thank you again for listening to another episode of Spitballing Pod. Movie Madness this week. I'm joined by Troy, start of a new season. We're getting into First Blood, Rambo. See you there. Adios.